And Sabaho, everybody. Sabaho and uh, <laughs> uh, I cannot believe this, of course. Um, Sabaho, everybody, and welcome back to the channel. Today is August 1st, and um, uh, I, I'm going to start off by saying, actually, uh, there may be a certain minute or so that I actually may have to step away because I am actually expecting a delivery, which Amazon and all its powers decided that the moment I hit that button live is the moment it sent me the notification on my phone saying that my package is within 10 steps away or 10 stops away. Uh, the reason why I'm excited about this is actually I kind of mentioned this for you guys last week or the week before. Um, and uh, it's essentially that monitor that I've been waiting for, the G9 monitor that I pre-ordered like so long ago, like beginning of June, uh, end of maybe beginning of June. But of course, we all saw and we all, you know, saw a whole bunch of stuff about it at CES 2020. So short answer is I've been waiting for this package for literally or this actual device for seven, eight months. And um, I was actually pretty, well, I was a little bit concerned that there was a lot of information, a lot of delays, no information really from Amazon as to what's going on. Uh, but without going too much into detail, if that does happen, I will be playing music for about literally two to three minutes as I go open the door and get that package in. It is a really hot day here in Southern California. Uh, and of course, it is uh, the G9. Yes, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I've been waiting. I, I don't know how to explain it. There's, been, there's a lot of things that we get excited about in tech. Obviously, there's a lot of new things, a lot of big things that come in in tech. And, and as as time goes on, CES still proves to me kind of like the uh, the 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 launching pad for a lot of stuff. And one of the ones that definitely got me excited this year was the new monitors from Samsung. And I'm talking specifically about the gaming monitors, the G7 and the G9. Now, the G7 series runs on the two different sizes, the 27 and the 32. These are great monitors, uh, but for the most part, these are just generally curved monitors. I mean, kind of similar to the Mi, uh, to the Mi monitor that I have at the top here. This is a 34-inch curved display. It's a great monitor. Uh, this one is 144 hertz, where the G7 Seven and the G uh, and the G9s were supposed to be or are going to be 240 hertz with G-Sync and FreeSync support, which is really really exciting. Um, this is a review among four phone. Uh, so Anil, so good morning first, uh, Greg. Uh, I, I see a few other people here. Chemi is in the uh, Scott as well, um, and uh, so it's not a review per se. And of course, Andrew is in the in the chat. Good morning, my friend. Uh, <laughs> greetings, greeting everybody. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the devices that I had in the list. So in front of us, we have a four phones and you probably saw the thumbnail uh, on the video itself. Uh, we'll talk about the Mi 10. I finally got my Mi, uh, Mi UI 12 update to that. It actually just got pushed. I did not even... Uh, the reason why I'm excited about that is because uh, European models of the Mi 10 devices, which most of the US market received, did not get the beta update. So we weren't able to update our devices to run the beta because they were just essentially intended to be pushed for the Chinese market. And I think that's how they kept the beta. But now we're starting to finally receive, we're finally receiving uh, basically stable updates. And uh, that wallpaper on that Mi 10 or on the Mi UI 10 is just crazy. So we're going to talk about that one. I also want to talk to you guys about the Reno 4. Uh, yeah, hopefully you guys had a chance to check out the video I posted yesterday. The Reno 4 is officially out. Matt Tyler. Hey, Matt. Good morning or good afternoon, actually, Matt. Uh, so and then, of course, we have uh, some more conversations regarding the Nord. I see some of the comments in there. So the the answer about what's going on is with the fact that I did receive the Mi 10 update, but I didn't get the Mi 10 Pro, which is a little bit odd. Both are European models. Uh, the Reno 4. First device coming out with ColorOS 7.2, another update. Uh, both of them, the MIUI 12 and the 7.2 ColorOS update are both based on Android 10. Neither one of them is Android 11 uh, you know, features or anything new. 
the reason why I wanted to cover that to you guys today is obviously first device to receive it, some of those new cool features that they have in there that I found interesting. Uh, something that reminds me a little bit of a, um, I want to say an honor phone. And uh, that was something that I saw literally a few years ago at CES. And we'll talk about that. Um, on the Nord, uh, Bob, good, good afternoon, sir. Uh, and then uh, on, uh, on the Nord, I've been, you know, I've, been, I've had the device for literally about, I would say maybe almost two weeks now. I got it last week early, literally the day before the embargo where everybody was releasing their videos. And uh, so for me, my experience with the Nord has been basically kind of uh, getting to know, uh, getting more comfortable with the ecosystem. And of course, the 765G. Now, because of that, I also want to talk to you guys about, of course, the LG Velvet. Now, I did borrow the LG Velvet from uh, my buddy, uh, you know, Josh, and he was over on Across the Podcast last week, and, and he had an opportunity to talk, and I realized you guys were asking him to show you his device. And then, of course, the way things are, I, I, literally two days after I got the device from him and I was starting to get comfortable with it, which, by the way... I'm just going to show you guys. I have it on the on the wireless charger. Uh, the green one, by far, is my favorite color. There's a few other options, and I did receive one as well. Uh, and I'm sure uh, some of the other guys here uh, in the U.S. media did receive one. Uh, so the LG Velvet is official. It is coming to the U.S. market, and actually is on the in the U.S. market right now, specifically on AT&T. Um, and from what I understand, it will be coming to T-Mobile slash Sprint since they're technically together now, and uh, hopefully with Verizon as well with the ultra wideband. So. The short answer is the V60 and the Velvet are both in the US market. And obviously we have now multiple options for dual screen wielding devices and not foldables, dual screens from LG. So those are the devices we're gonna talk about. Uh, but all of that, of course, got superseded with the fact that Amazon and all its, it, again, I don't know if they just are sitting there waiting for me, uh, they, they literally sent out, see where your package is on the map. It is 10 stops away. So. We'll see how fast Amazon delivery, this is delivered by Amazon directly, not actually through um, a, a second party. Uh, last thing, actually, I actually do want to talk to you guys about the, not the Galaxy Buds, the, um, the OnePlus Buds did receive their update, and I pushed out a video on that as well. Uh, but let's see if there's any questions, any comments here. Let me just put you guys on the bigger screen. It's a lot harder to read comments when it's just sitting on the smaller screen. I have two displays sitting in here. Uh, so if I'm not looking at you guys, I do apologize. I am reading your comments, just trying to go through here. Uh, so Anil was asking, is this a review among phone phones? We, we covered that a little bit. Greg is in the comment. Uh, Andrew as well, Fat Produce. Always love saying that. <laughs> uh, Bob is in there. Good afternoon. Uh, I, I love the app and I can't... Oh, okay. Uh, Zhao is talking about... Can I ask about the navigation gesture be uh, updated to Android 11? Um, don't work on my Pixel navigation. Oh, so you're talking, I think, about Android 11, uh, sorry, the uh, XDA navigation app. So till Android 11 is, is officially out, it's hard for, uh, for XDA to actually officially support it. And uh, so it's something to just keep in mind overall as far as the performance. It's uh, Right now, it, I would say it's in uh, Android 11 is still not public, so I would not necessarily say it's going to go away. Uh, we'll have to see basically how the, the, the software goes away from you, know, if we're able to adapt it. Android 11 brings a new set of requirements, a new set of limitations, specifically when it comes to root development. So the uh, they have to adapt. That's the short answer. Uh, and as the fact that the Android 11 build is still changing, so we're not at the final release, it's hard for them to, uh, to show support for it. So that that's probably what I would say. So give keep a little, give it a little bit more time, Joe. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. Uh, did the, so yeah, no. Uh, so uh, Andrew's asking me real quick. <laughs> of course, I was actually going to show this. Um, so Andrew was nice enough to send me some skins, uh, some basically uh, cut skins for the cover on the V60. So if you're not familiar, um, I know I was showing you guys the V, uh, the V, uh, sorry, the Velvet. 
they're both Vs. Uh, but uh, Andrew has the V60, and he also pushed out a video not that long ago. Uh, and then he's uh, he sent me he sent me some skins. I ended up going with this one, Andrew, because I like blue, and it actually kind of gave it a little bit of an accent over just the pure black that we got. Since specifically that my device is actually a white one, so you kind of see that little white you know ever so nicely around it uh yes no it stayed on uh, no issues the only thing i didn't get a chance to do and i should have done it is i should have clipped or should have cut out the areas right around the top in the area because i think the 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 skins that i got from you were squared off and and of course as you know our edges are rounded uh, i didn't cut them out uh, i do know that they're there so it's a little bit on the edge but it hasn't peeled off uh, hopefully juan carlos got his uh, and actually uh, fun tip uh, i learned very nicely how to get all the bubbles out of under it uh, because I did have a lot of bubbles at the beginning when I first applied it, and that took a little bit of push, but it works nicely. Um, I really wish, though, the velvet, uh, sorry, the display that we have on the velvet is present here on the V60. Um, and then, of course, yeah, it just makes it look so much cooler. And there was a few other options that I think uh, Andrew sent me. And if I'm not mistaken, I have them right there. So we have a black one, which kind of matches the color. And I felt like that one wouldn't stand out too much. Uh, there's a nice little shimmer uh, black. You, can, you guys can see that right there. It looks like reflective. And uh, there was a few other colors that I got that were um, I probably will try at a slightly different time. Uh, they're very uh, standoff. Like they, stand, they, they are very distinctive, I, I would say. Uh, the material and the actual printout and the adhesive was really good. So thank you. Thank you, Andrew, very much. And uh, I appreciate it. Sorry, it took me a little bit longer to get that. Um, yes, so uh, I think one of the comments was mentioning is that uh, Amazon uses local deliveries, uh, lo local delivery companies or delivering, uh, delivery operators to be able to get their deliveries out. That, and that's true. Uh, the reason behind that is, as, as I mentioned, it's the G9. The G9 is a 49-inch diagonal width curved display. So it's a massive box. There's no there's no question that it needs extremely special care. This is not something you send via FedEx, as we all know, I'm not trying to bag on FedEx, but I'm saying is this is not something that you send in a delivery manner where it could potentially get, you know, dinged. The whole thing can basically be busted and it's an expensive purchase. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we just need to get Andrew uh, working. And, and, I, and I'm talking with Andrew, uh, trying to get him to see if I can get him to print my logo on this. So it would really be nice, like if it was like that nice little blue and then, you know, the TK logo, the channel logo sitting up there. So that would really be nice. Um, I'm also actually pretty excited. I did put in an order for uh, a new baseball cap and shirt for the logo. I'm trying to find a better... A better merch process. I feel like the, the one on, on on Google is great, but for some reason it's still, the, I feel like either it's too much or just the, the options are not there. And I need to reach a certain purchase number before I'm able to unlock other things. So I may just want to just shift entirely to another system. I like the integration into, into Google, but I feel like it may just be easier for me to just host the, uh, the landing page for the merch on my website and then just link to that from my descriptions. I think that should be okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> What what is the Oppo? Okay, so for the Oppo phone, let's go ahead and jump into that. So that one is, um, I think Dennis is uh, threw that question on us. Uh, so which Oppo phone are you using in the thumbnail? So this one is the Reno Four. Um, so Oppo yesterday officially brought out two, the Reno 4 and the Reno 4 Pro to the global market. Now, they're not new, obviously. They've released, well, they released these two devices, I think, um, earlier in the Chinese market. So that's generally how Oppo does it. They'll release the device, they put out the Chinese market, and then they release a global model of it. So the one I have is the Reno 4. I think most other reviewers, if you've seen a lot of videos on there, like Saf and um, I think Isa that was here a couple of weeks ago uh, did also a, a video on that. Uh, they're covering the Reno 4 Pro. And I think, actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. Even Josh has the Reno 4 Pro. Uh, but for some reason, 
um, I received the Reno 4, which at the beginning, I was kind of wondering like how come, but then at the end, once I started using it, I realized there's a few features here that actually think make the Reno 4 a little bit more compelling as a feature set to what the Reno 4 Pro offers. Uh, and I'm not talking anything against obviously the 90 Hertz display. This one actually has a pretty good set of uh, specifications. Uh, the Reno 4 and the Reno 4 Pro are very close when it comes to specs. And that's really where it kind of threw me into the, uh, Steve, say, Steve Deloche, uh, Aid Mubarak, thank you very much. Como va tu mon ami? And then uh, the short answer, what I liked about it is it's a 6.44 inch display as opposed to the 6.5. So slightly smaller display. It's a flat display, which honestly, I think a lot of people do enjoy. So no faults, uh, no, uh, no issues with the sides. And you're still getting basically the same experience, which is ColorOS 7.2 with the addition of a secondary sensor in the front. That's something that the Reno 4 Pro doesn't have. That sensor allows us to and it may just seem like a gimmick and it may just seem basically like something like, you know, TK, what are you doing? Is this really a functional thing for you to do? Um, for me, it's it's so unique that I feel like it's something that you guys probably will know. So let's go ahead and do. Well, actually, let's do this here. And that's I know it's cheesy. I know it's it's funny and stuff like that, but it's little gestures like this. Um, that make it into a unique experience. And I say this because, you know, if you've ever had a situation where you're watching your like, you know, Instagram or obviously you know, other other applications, TikTok and so on, and your hands are dirty and you don't want to touch your display, just flick over to the next thing. Gesture support uh, and similar to the things that we saw with the LG devices are definitely functional in certain, in, you know, in certain uh, very specific, uh, you know, requirements. So one of them obviously is dirty hands. You're sitting at the table. You want to be able to scroll through your feed and you don't want to basically release your hand. This works great. Even though it says that it needs the whole gesture, I'm actually able to just use two fingers, swipe up or swipe down. It works with Instagram. Uh, right now works with TikTok and they're adding more functions. So those are cool things that I saw there. Uh, Essentially, yeah, again, kind of like uh, Aditya is saying, hey, good morning, Aditya, uh, reminds me of the Force, right, from the G8. So the G8 brought it, but the G8 had a different setup where you actually had to kind of bring your hand and then they had the sensor to actually recognize your fingers. And it felt like they had a lot more function there, right? Uh, and of course, Juan Carlos can attest to that, you know, changing the volume on that, swiping away right and left. We don't have a lot of that here as this is primarily a motion sensor, but uh, so the integration of that is one thing. Uh, the other thing that I saw that was really cool there is the ability of something called like the spying uh, feature. If I'm not looking at my phone and a notification comes in, if I have that feature turned on, the notification comes in basically in, almost like encrypted, but collapsed and doesn't even actually say who it's from or what the message is. So privacy mode, I hand the phone to you, you're checking out a couple of things. Coincidentally, you see a feature there and suddenly you're like looking like, hey, you're checking out my notifications. Nope works perfectly fine and there's no problem at all. So an example would be, let me just see if we can do this here. Uh, and I, can, I mean, you could check, you guys could check out the video. I did, I did post the video, but the short answer is yes, it is the Reno 4. There is a Reno 4, Reno 4 Pro. Uh, the features between the two are very, very similar. Both have a headphone jack, a 4,000 milliamp battery. I think the difference when it comes to the battery though is the Reno 4 Pro can charge it from zero to 100% in about 30 to 36 minutes. The Reno 4 needs basically about 54 to 57 minutes to go 100%. But both can go over 50% uh, in 20 minutes. So in 20 minutes, I can charge it uh, basically about 2,000 milliamp here out of my battery that's a 4,000 milliamp. So very nice. And um, it actually is very, very light. And I actually got somebody in the comments mentioning, uh, I think that's due to the some of the plastic construction inside of the device. So there's not a lot of metal on the outside, but because of the curvature, you don't really feel it. Uh, and of course, it's still headphone jack and Adobe Atmos support, which is really nice. Uh, so that was, yeah, <laughs> Aditya is like, uh, 
reminiscence of the air gestures of the Galaxy S4. Exactly. And I think it's something that is unique to the Reno 4, and I don't know why they gave it to the 4. But, uh, thank you, Steve, by the way. Um, why they gave it to the 4, but not the Reno 4 Pro. It depends. Uh, so current market that this device is available for, global market for the Reno 4 Pro. Reno 4 was officially released only in Thailand, and uh, but I, my understanding is that it, hopefully in the future, this we're going to see more markets released for this. Uh, this is a global version of it. So then when you say global, you know, one market obviously is not going to be the answer. So we'll see how that goes. Um, do you recommend... Okay, so here we have... Uh, let me see if we can bring that up. Zorro, oop, now we're having a little bit of a delay. Okay, so sorry. I'm just I, I'm checking my watch because in case the Nest gets the call. So, do you recommend the OnePlus Eight Pro? Ob hands down, yes. Uh, it's the best that OnePlus has to offer. There's no question about it. Uh, to this day, I still find that the performance that OnePlus was able to do with the uh, the Eight Pro has basically surpassed all of the expectations. The things that we've always wanted from them are finally here. Uh, the update cycle on it is pretty good. We have wireless charging, fast wire charging. Uh, the cameras are actually nice compared to what we've had in the past. They're actually very usable. And uh, of course, you get that large battery, the 120 hertz QHD display. Literally, it's the top of the line uh, device that OnePlus has. But what, what I really like about it is some of the features in here rival some things in the Galaxy S20 Ultra side, with the exception of the zoom camera. That's obviously something that is very unique. But I'm talking about like you know the ability of using QHD and 120 hertz at the same time and still be under a thousand bucks. Or if you think about it, 999 for the best version of it uh, with fast storage and of course uh, support, hopefully in the future for desktop mode uh, as far as Android 11. So definitely I would recommend that. Um, so Matt's saying the charging uh, game is, a cra is crazy now. Soon uh, you just walk past the charger and you'll get a hundred percent. You know what, Matt, I don't, it's not a joke. I think you're, you're almost at that level. Um, a few years ago, uh, I saw a demonstration at CES about wireless tech, wire, like fast wireless charging in a room, in an environment where you don't actually have to take your phone out of your pocket, but you're still getting it charged. So current situation, as you guys know, we need to put our phone on our charger. The coils have to be close enough to each other to conduct the energy and, of course, create that wireless charging that we are getting to use. You know, we're getting used to now. But what we saw that demonstration is that it's kind of like the same setup, but in a room environment. So essentially is you're walking into a room filled with that energy just barding all around. You get that benefit, you get the experience there. And then the benefit, of course, is you're able to charge your device while it's in your pocket without having to worry about it. With the fact that the Qualcomm, I think the new, the new Qualcomm Quick Charge 5.0 and, of course, Oppo's 100 and something, I think it was like 100 watt charger, five minutes I mean, that is crazy fast. Think about how the amount, the, the capabilities that we can get to once we have no, we no longer need to worry about charging our phone. You'll never have to have your phone sitting on a charger. You just literally go in, plug it in, go do your thing, come back. It's done. You get out and you're out. Uh, Qualcomm's obviously tech is obviously uh, is is uh, advertising cooler tech, so temperatures are also controlled, so the battery life is extended. But I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the new tech that's coming out next year. Obviously, this sounds more like the Snapdragon 8, 875, not necessarily 865 or 865 plus type of tech, but we'll have to see. We may see something before the end of the year. Right now, we're still talking crazy, crazy fast. Uh, Oppo and and Qualcomm obviously are do are definitely doing a lot of work, and I'm really excited about that. Um, Question here from uh, uh, Vikram Sen. 
MIUI versus ColorOS, um, the way things have been going in it, so had you asked me this question about a year ago, before 7 uh, or 7.1 came out, I probably would have said MIUI all the way. ColorOS has actually improved quite a bit, uh, specifically with 7.2, the fluidity, the uh, the environment. It's not as, uh, as much as in your face anymore, the customization options, the gestures that we're adding in there. I feel like it's getting closer. Um, the one thing, if there's one thing I would probably say between uh, MIUI and, uh, and of course, ColorOS is the fact that MIUI lets me dismiss my notification in any way, shape, or form I want to, where ColorOS still requires me to pick one option. So I can either swipe to the left or swipe to the right. Uh, and I feel like they need to fix that, hopefully, in the next version of MIUI, uh, sorry, of ColorOS, um, specifically because I feel like just the standard Android dismissal, uh, sorry, the, the standard Android, Android dismissal of notification, be it right or left, and then hold and press and hold to be able to actually initiate the the settings is a very functional one. It's it's built into the actual system. And um, Oppo's going an extra step to make it work the way they're doing. It. And I feel like it's just not necessary. Leave it stock, let it be closer to Android, give, us, give us more of that stock experience, but still give us some of those Oppo features. Specifically, uh, I mean, they added a couple of apps in there. One of them is like a ringtone editor that you can customize your own unique ringtone. So that was cool. Uh, and then there was another one uh, that was kind of like a pick your, uh, it's like a, a roulette, like a spin the bottle thing. I feel like it's kind of an added thing in there. Um, and coincidentally, in the video, if you guys didn't see it, I did run a quick demo of that and it landed on the one option I added, which was to actually go in there and comment and say that you like me and stuff. So that was totally, totally out of like, totally, uh, quite, you know, uh, coincidental, I say. Luckily. Uh, but I would definitely say uh, if I had to pick between the two right now, uh, it's it's a hard pick. It's going to be down. It's going to come down to the hardware. It's really going to end up basically becoming more hardware driven uh, need. The Find X2 Pro for me right now still drives really, really nicely. And mostly because, again, QHD, 120 hertz, the best of the best kind of tech that you want. And I feel like uh, Xiaomi, even though they're pushing, they're giving us more tech, they're they're still for the some for some reason, um, they're staying at that 90 hertz for some reason. I feel like 90 hertz is a great uh, refresh rate, but that was like two years ago almost. I remember like when OnePlus released it on the 7 Pro, at that point you you knew everybody was re you know releasing a 90 hertz display. And I think it's 2020. We really need to start seeing the 120. And of course, as you guys saw, the ROG Phone 3 is coming out with 144 and with a small modification can actually even go to 160 hertz. Matt, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to you and me actually, Matt. That's just... Uh, yeah, let's. So, Mister Who's the Boss last year on on the tech truly wireless, no need for contact. A absolutely, I'm telling you, we're getting to the point where we don't need to actually connect our devices. Um, personally, from a, from a personal use, the way I use my devices and the way I charge them, I never leave my device on a charger. Um, take that back. I no longer do that. I used to. That was a long time. It was a different TK. Uh, my experience now is pretty simple. I use my device all day. If I need to top it off, I'll top it off. But generally, when I go to sleep, my device is sitting on the table. I'm not charging it. I wake up in the morning. I generally have about maybe 10 to 15%. And I plug that in the charger, hits 100%, take it off the charger, and it stays off the charger for the rest of the day. There's periodic plugins here and there when I plug it into my car or if I'm sitting in doing something on the PC. Obviously, there's going to be trickle charging there. But for the most part, charging my device, even though I do have a 45-watt charger for the S20 Ultra or any of the other ones, I Try not to leave them on the charger. There's no need for it. There's no need to ever have it in a situation like that. So always try to keep it so that your device is, for the best situation, is don't let it sit to 100 and don't let it drop to you know 5% or let it die. Keep it between that 20 to 80% or 20 to 80, 85. And I think that'll extend the battery life for your device. 
But if we can charge our device from zero to 105 minutes, or even with the Reno 4 Pro, 36 minutes, it's just crazy now. The, the tech is crazy. Makes it makes it makes it for me at least a, a situation where I feel like wireless charging needs to kind of step up its game. Uh, you know, we saw with the um, I think was it uh, uh, the P40 Pro Plus, we had 40 watts wireless charging that came with that, and you had to buy the specific charger for that that comes with one. Uh, sorry, with the uh, uh, Huawei device. But keep in mind, that's a very specific circumstance and unique experience that you have to get there. Uh, 30 watt is pretty fast, which is what we get with the OnePlus 8 Pro. And again, one of the reasons why I say it, if you're thinking about the OnePlus 8 Pro, there's no question, go. It's a go. There's it, there's so much to be said about OnePlus's offering. And specifically, even if you think about it, the OnePlus Nord, uh, which I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about that as well. Uh, so... Um, so hi, hi from India. The OnePlus Nord 12 gigabyte, but my friend is saying that the 8 gigabyte is good. So what should I do? Okay, so this is uh, Papa uh, Patabagalu. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, if I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the 12 is overkill. I think the, the level of requirement that you're looking at is this. Um, there's three versions in India, although the third version I think is not coming out till September, the 664. Um, the 8128 is more than capable of handling everything that you need to do. The color OS option that you're getting here, sorry, Oxygen OS that's built in on top of our device is optimized to the point where you really have no way of telling that you only have eight gigs of RAM. Eight gigs is way more than enough on any, any app, any function thing that you're trying to do on the device. Unless you're running desktop mode and you're pushing it with like trying to render and do anything like that, that's where the benefit of eight to 12 gigs will start showing up. Rendering video on your device will always take more memory. And the more memory you have, the better the operating, uh, the operation, the compiling process of the app will do better. So that's really the benefit there. But again, it's running the 765G. I wouldn't necessarily say that this is going to be like what you get with the uh, OnePlus 8, where you have the 865 processor there. So keep that in mind. So for what you're getting there, I think 8128 is perfectly fine. I wouldn't go to the 12 because of the fact that you are running the 765. Uh, and you're able to save some money. Now, of course, the char the storage is the only other thing that uh, that will drive possibly changing that uh, is that you obviously, if you want to get the 256, because you can't get the 8256, it's a 8128 and 12256. So just keep that in mind. Let that drive your decision. So if you're okay with 128, I think I honestly think the 128 is more than enough. Um, and if you're saving a little bit more money, you can also pick up the buds with them as well. They work pretty well with OnePlus devices and they have pretty good low latency as well for gaming. Um, okay, so, but I don't, oh, okay, so Rishi, uh, Rishi Raj, uh, oh, Rishi, sorry. Um, so I think you're talking about the, so there are some devices, there's typically going to be at some point or another, always some issues with screens, uh, and essentially it comes down to batches, but um, my unit did not actually experience the, the screen issue. I don't know if it's just because it's the first batch, and, and again, uh, the one thing I would probably say is this. We're all holding pre-production devices. So if you see a reviewer, if you see somebody that is putting out a review about a device and saying the screen is having an issue, so on, all of us got pre-production devices. Not one person got a production unit off the lot because they haven't done them. They're finishing them up before they can start shipping it out to you guys. So keep that in mind. And if a reviewer says that they have a device and they feel like this is something, yes, always going to be something that you need to be aware of. So make sure you buy a device from a from a company that you can trust and also a company you can return it to. But again, we're all using pre-production software, pre-production hardware. So it's hard for us to kind of kick it and say, 
this is a final review. At the end of the day, you know, OnePlus may still add something later on down the road that we would need to come back and kind of circle back and do, you know, like an after some time, like after one month, after two months kind of review. Right now, the Nord honestly just ticks off a lot of the right options for the price. You have to understand this was a tailored experience of what the OnePlus 8 and the OnePlus 8 Pro can offer us at the 399 euros or roughly about 420 something dollars in the US. Also keep in mind that this device didn't come to the US. It's specifically going to the Indian market, to the Asian market, as well as the European and UK market. So those are the devices that you want to keep in mind. But um, if you're concerned about the issue, make sure you have the option of returning it if you're considering this device at all. Uh, but from what I've seen right now, honestly, Oxygen, sorry, I keep calling sorry. Oxygen OS, the way it's optimized to run is crazy. It is by far one of my favorite skins on Android to this day. And it runs very nicely on the Nord. And it, seriously, unless I'm pushing it and going into the settings and trying to see how does how is it operating on the games, I really have no way of telling you within the standard UI environment that we are running on a 765 over an 865. Normal day-to-day -day usage, 90 hertz, no question. I think it's going to be a good phone for you guys. So yes, there are some issues, but we have to keep that in mind as well. Um, the Sentinel 909 is in the comments. Hey, the 765... Okay, so Greg had a quick question. Is the 765 okay? Uh, how does it do on the Nord? Um, I think, honestly, the current setup that right now, which I'm in a good, unique situation, is I have two 765 devices. Uh, at the beginning, when I was first starting to talk to Oppo, I thought for some reason that the Reno 4 was going to come with the 765 as well. That turned out to be the 765, uh, sorry, the Reno 4 Pro 5G will support the 765, and that's how they're getting it in there. But the Reno 4 and the Reno 4 Pro both support the 720, which is a slightly slower chipset. I have two of them. And realistically, I feel like the Nord right now, just because of the way OnePlus does with Oxygen OS, um, just runs smooth. It's very fast. It's very consistent. The only places I see my limitations is when I start to push the chipset a little bit more, when I try to render a video, when I'm trying to play games and I'm trying to go to the higher settings. Those are things that are not available. And that part of that is limited by the 765. Um, the overall experience, I think, um, the other compromises that they also went with here is that we went with UFS 2.0 as opposed to UFS 3.0. That could have helped the experience a little bit more. But again, that's part of the cost-cutting features that they decided to go with. To bring down the price to about 400 euros, they needed to actually take certain things that they kept for their flagship. See, now they have a flagship line, which is the 8 and the 8 Pro. But no question, the 765 runs very, very nice. Let's double check here. Oh, uh, Tevin Jordan, um, Find X2, sorry, uh, the Poco F2 Pro. Um, uh, let's see here. I, am I buzzing because something is at the door? Sorry. I just want to make sure. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> okay, nothing at the door. Nothing at the door. Luckily. Uh, the Poco F2 Pro, uh, so it depends on exactly what you're looking, honestly. It, it, I, don't, I don't think there's a device that comes out on the market right now that will come out and say, look, we're, we're really a bad device. Just don't pick us. There's always going to be a compromise. So yes, uh, the Poco F2 Pro may be a, the right phone to go for. Uh, the uh, you, know, you have a lot of other options. But what it sounds like, at least in the middle of 2020, right? Beginning of 2020, we saw the 865. The 865 Plus is starting to come out. So that looks like it's going to be the next wave of devices. We're in the middle of 765 land. Everything is, everybody or every company is releasing a 765 chipset. Uh, mostly because of that 5G uh, modem. So keep in mind, the 765 isn't that magic number. There are other options on the market, kind of like what the Reno did. 
the reason they, a lot of companies are going with the 765 is because of that integrated modem. They buy one chipset that includes the 5G modem. Now it's the X52 modem, not the X55. You always have to keep in mind that that is a 5G modem, but it is not the same 5G modem that supports the other bands. So the X55 will always be better. So I'm looking really interested to see how does uh, Verizon actually bring ultra wideband onto the 765 if they're going to basically try to get a new type of chipset directly from Qualcomm that features the X55 with the 765. So something to keep that in mind. But that's the reason why a lot of companies are going with it. So it's a chipset that provides a, uh, basically the best experience in the 7 Series, uh, the power efficiency of the 7 Series, meaning that you save power and you're not using as much as opposed to the 865. Also, obviously, comes a compromise of experience, but you also get the 5G experience with it as well. Absolutely, Greg. Any, anytime, anytime. Uh, oh, so Matt's... <laughs> uh, Across the podcast skin for the ROG Phone 2 possible. We we need more skins for the ROG Phone 2. So I still have my ROG Phone 2, and I think Matt also recently just acquired the ROG Phone 2. Uh, and both of us actually... In, so last week when I had Josh over, we, we talked a little bit about the ROG Phone 2 and our, the announcement of the ROG Phone 3. I find that... Um, there's a lot of things to be said about the ROG Phone 3. It's not available yet. I mean, only reviewers have it. So I feel like I need a little bit of time with it. So hopefully once it becomes available, I, I am going to upgrade. Not because I, I, I need to upgrade, but it's because I want to see realistically, do the upgrades make sense? And what does the 799 model offer? There's that entry level that uh, you know ASUS finally announced. In the past, They've generally released uh, multiple versions globally, but a single version, which is the 10 cent edition. And that's the model that I have. And the, the benefit there essentially is that you got a little bit less RAM, less storage, but you got the general essence of what the device is. It's kind of like the um, the lower end model for storage and RAM, but you still got the same experience for the 120 hertz or the IPS display, the front facing speakers, the 6,000 milliamp battery, the you know all of those things. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. But I found that you know the overall like the, the upgrade from the two to the three isn't this, oh my God, kind of like from the one to the two uh, that it did for us. I feel like it's more of an iterative up, uh, upgrade. And not that I'm trying to knock, um, you know, 144 hertz. We had, I had a great time with the uh, Red Magic 5G. The Red Magic 5G gave us that 44 hertz and I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it only in a very small number of games. The major games that are on the market still didn't support it. And I don't actually see them going in. The best that we're able to get right now is 90 hertz refresh rate on um, like the OnePlus 8 uh, and the OnePlus 8 Pro for Fortnite. That's the best that we were able to get there. And those are the general games that I like to play, like Fortnite, PUBG, Call of Duty. I want to be able to see 144 hertz support there, and that will drive me to buy a phone that does that specifically. Uh, but because I like the ROG Phone 2 so much, I feel like the ROG Phone 3 is basically taking that and adding some features, although we did lose the uh, the headphone jack. Uh, and then somebody did correct me and said, you know, the actual device will come with the fan. And if that is true, then the fan, when you're playing with it for an extended amount of time to cool it down, has a headphone jack. So there's that little bit of a concession there that does work. So they didn't forget about us. They just took it away off the device and gave it to us in an adapter. So keep that in mind. Um, so the Nord is in pre-production at the moment. Yeah, so Matt's kind of an, an no official release yet. Only reviewers have them. So this is something to keep in mind. Uh, when we hear about these issues and when we hear about these concerns, I realize a lot of people want to understand what's going on. And I'm not saying that there isn't an issue. I'm sure some people may have a device that may have a, a, a you know a, a production issue. That happens. Every company has them. There's, it's not a limited thing to like a Nord or anything like that. 
but keep in mind, again, we're all holding pre-production devices. So till we start seeing this issue permeate in the production style, that's when it become, becomes a bigger thing that a lot of us need to pay attention. But again, just make sure you get it from a reputable uh, source so that you do not have that problem and you don't want to have that issue at all. Um, Visa, okay, so sorry, let me bring that up. So uh, maybe go with the Black Shark 3S for the 3.5 mm. Uh, so I did get a chance to play with the Black Shark 3. So my hope is that the Black Shark 3S does feature the 144. The Black Shark 3 and the 3 Pro got us stuck at 90 hertz. So I'm hoping Xiaomi jumps over to the 144. It's those things that I, I always feel like they didn't do 120 yet, and they're going to jump from 90 to 120. So that was the weird thing. The Black Shark 3 and the 3 Pro came out in early 2020. Uh, where we had a lot of devices that had 120 and 144 hertz, but we were still showing 90 hertz. Great experience. The pop-up buttons on the Pro was definitely very nice, but I'll have to wait to see how they do with the Black Shark 3S. So essentially what, what we're referring here is the, the successor to the Black Shark 3 with hopefully the 865 as opposed to the, 8, uh, the 865 Plus, not the standard one. Uh, Matt, okay, so Nord isn't uh, isn't going. Sorry, uh, more Nord isn't released in the UK until the fourth of August. So three days. Um, any any problems should be fixed. Hoping no delays because this issue. Okay, absolutely. So um, I think we saw somewhere where the official actually there's a lot of pre-orders going on, but the official release of it is the fourth. So if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be on Tuesday next week. So actually, by the way, I forgot to say, welcome to August first. Yes, <laughs> we are in August. Uh, and um, I, I had to say that because I forgot. And it is episode 31. I'm sorry. It's been really crazy. Um, Rishi is saying, uh, better than the Find X2 Pro. Oh, I think he's answering for the uh, F2 Pro. Uh, hopefully, they did answer each other. So Greg also had a question. Have you heard anything more about the Pixel 5 uh, TK? So um, there's still rumors going on. We know for sure that on the 3rd, on Monday, so... Actually, just realize next week is going to be a crazy week, guys. It's it's going to be a weird week. So Google decided that on the third, the day before the the Galaxy Note twenty and the twenty, you know, the Galaxy twenty line of devices with the Bean uh, headphones that they're going to be releasing. And I don't know what to call them. They're called the Bean headphones. Um, so on the third, we're going to see the Pixel four A. So that's exciting, and I can't wait to get my hands on that. Um, so that's going to be on the third. Uh, on the fourth, we have the Note 20. So there are two that are right on top of each other. And of course, all of that, and still we're talking about the fact that, you know, what is going to happen with the Pixel 5? The fact of the matter is almost all the leaks on the Pixel 5 are pointing in that it's going to be supporting a 765G, uh, the 765G chipset. They're not going to try to push it as a, uh, you know, premium tier. I, I'm not sure why, why would Google release a Pixel 4a, which essentially is going to have a 7 series chipset. Um, they will, from from what we saw with the leaks, as well as that we were supposed to see a G series or a, a 5G model that will be basically running the 765G. So that by by definition is telling us we're going to see two different devices from Google. One called the 4A, which essentially is an homage to last year's model. So that's the 4A from last year, and of course the Pixel 5 running into it. It's a different marketing. I, I'm not sure what the intention behind it. We've seen that Google can perform very nicely in the mid-range department, specifically with the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3a, sorry, Pixel 3a and the Pixel 3a XL. So those two devices did very well. And of course, now we're getting into that kind of like at the end process of that, we're seeing the Pixel 4. So we'll know more obviously on Monday what the newest, uh, new optimizations are done. But the reality of the matter is using the same processor on the 4a and the 5 will have to kind of 
there has to be so much more options added into the five to make it into a reason for it to exist. Because at that point, it just looks like a Pixel 4a rebrand. A lot of this is speculation. A lot of this is based on rumors. I'm excited to see what the 4a option uh, will provide us. I'm hoping that maybe even the Pixel 5 could be basically what we saw with the 4a XL that got canceled. Maybe that ends up being the 5, and they can then justify having a different line that comes behind it. Uh, a lot of that stuff is still up in the air. I just want to be able to see Android 11, a lot of the cool new features that come with that on a Pixel 4a as soon as possible. Uh, I'm hoping actually that even at the time of launch, they include it in the beta so that we're able to actually download and install the beta on it. Um, so yeah, Ronald, exactly. Um, hey, man, how you doing? Um, the, Nord, the Nord is going to be here very soon. Uh, so if anybody did put in an order or pre-order, I feel like those are going to be the first people to be able to get their orders in first. Once those are done, then they'll be able to go to uh, standard orders. The Nord has a lot of things to offer us from what it what it's basically positioned itself, right? It went for the iPhone SE. There's no question that the pricing of this device was literally the features, the set, everything that you got with it was pretty much telling them, look, our target is the iPhone SE starting at $399. What can we do to get there? And get there and just basically give them so much more. Uh, bigger device, better cameras. They included so many cameras in there, but realistically, they gave us better cameras. Uh, we have 4K60 on the front-facing sensor, and that's something we haven't had before. Uh, multiple lenses on the front, which is a wide-angle lens and a standard focal length. Again, first for even OnePlus. Uh, not even the 8 or the 8 Pro have dual sensors in the front, and neither one of them supports 4K on the front, let alone 4K 60 frames per second. So those devices, even though it's at a thousand bucks, you're still getting you know 1080p 30 on those. So again, a lot of cool things coming in with the Nord, and I agree with you uh, there. It just it's definitely one of those um, one of those devices that we really need to pay attention to. And of course, if you guys saw the, uh, the there was a few articles that were posted. Uh, they started talking about the fact that OnePlus will be bringing the Nord to the US. Obligatory uh, Goku shirt uh, cup, of course, and um, but the the rumors or at least the conversation that we're hearing is that we're going to receive something that's running maybe somewhere like the Snapdragon six series, so like a six hundred series processor to keep the price point uh, low. Um, I'm not a hundred percent there yet as to what is exactly going to what would make that as an enticing device for a U.S. Uh, buyer when they can just as easily buy the seven T from last year off of one uh, off of uh, you know like. Uh, T-Mobile or so on for like $499. Why would I want to go down that? So it has to be a compelling story, but we'll have to wait a little bit more. I feel like the Nord in the current configuration that it's in, it's seriously poised to just come in and take over a market that just been sitting there unoccupied. Europe and India and Asia have had a lot of devices, the Realmes, the Xiaomi's, the Redmi's, those devices and those lines that generally are covered by you know, Oppo, uh, OnePlus, uh, not OnePlus, Oppo, um, Sorry. So Oppo, Xiaomi, and, and and the others have many, many options, and they release many devices. I mean, guys, four months ago, the Reno 3 was out. This is a Reno 4, four months later, same year. So keep that in mind. The numbering and the frequency of devices is a much higher rate. In the US, we don't generally have that. There are mid-rangers, but they're generally not very advertised. They're called feature phones. Uh, they're included for free as part of a, like somebody signing up. But for the most part, mid-range, that area where the Nord would basically kill it, I absolutely think they need to bring something specifically in that setup. Don't underpower it just to, because I understand from a business standpoint why you'd want to do it. 
but the at the end of the day, I think the consumer would uh, you'd gain more consumers in the U.S. market by going in with the 765 uh, because the eight because of the eight and the eight Pro are already above the 700 mark. You're not really you know going against your own customers. You're actually going for the people that already thought that your devices were too expensive, and now they can definitely get it. That's the market. So sorry, <laughs> uh, kind of jumped over there. Nord after soon would be great if Huawei smartphones. Uh, so here, here's the question. So um, uh, Dustin said, would you suggest the Huawei smartphone without Google Play services? Um, I would only suggest it if you don't use any Google Play services. So if you're already on the system and you're comfortable not using Google Play services, meaning um, your YouTube, your Gmail, all of those things are not, G are not Google related, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't be able to. There's a lot of options. I, I have to say that Huawei is doing a very good job of increasing the number of applications on their system. They're getting better of working with third-party applications to bring them over to the app gallery system. They're not there yet. So if you use any of those, then then I, I would say it's a little bit of a hard give. There are ways to sideload this, uh, you know, the apps and so on. You can definitely Google. Google is your friend when it comes to those. But these, these are generally patched very quickly and they're not realistically reliable because it doesn't, it doesn't really, um, what I would say is, um, it doesn't actually give you the same experience as if GMS was installed on your device from a certification standpoint. So not everything is going to work. So even, even if you try to bring it in, it doesn't really give it to you there. If you don't rely on it, I think Huawei devices are definitely great for the uh, great value, specifically in the Asian market. And of course, when you start looking at the camera tech, one of the reasons why we have, you know, three sensors on the back, you know, or four sensors, or even this type of setup with the Galaxy S20 Ultra here, uh, it's because of OnePlus. Uh, sorry, it's because of Huawei. They pushed the envelope. This is their territory, and everybody is literally playing catch up to them. Uh, but it's hard to justify it. So I would I would say it's really more of what you what you prefer. Um, can we crowdfund crowdfund a laser cutter and <laughs> and a bunch of 3M vinyls? Uh, we should be able to. We need to get all of that set up and put that up and get uh, get uh, Andrew some uh, some nice tech to get him up and running. And uh, Andrew, if you'd like, put it up. I'll make sure to forward that up and get you up and running. Um, definitely would love to have some, you know, our own skins. Not not that there's any issue with any of the uh, big companies that we have there and, and their, uh, I would say, their colorful uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, but definitely would, definitely would love the support. If it's something that you'd like to put up there, let us know. Definitely. I, I think that's what you're talking about, uh, Steve. I got it. Um, so... What I was saying as far as the announcement on the 3S with the 120 hertz, it's the first one we're seeing from them. That's what I meant. They stuck the 90 hertz for quite some time. So we want to be able to see it. And my goal would be is let's start talking about the price point and availability and, and start seeing some of the benefit there. I feel like they went to 120 when everybody's going to start shooting for 144. We know that the beginning of 2021, it's going to be 144 hertz because the Snapdragon processor can do it. I mean, even the 865 can push 144 hertz. Uh, it's just getting that with the anything above, uh, you know, uh, 1080p is a little bit of a concern. So that's the the one thing that you want to be aware. Uh, the Reno, uh, sorry, the uh, Black Shark 3 S, sorry, the Black Shark 3 Pro came with the QHD 90 hertz refresh rate. The Black Shark 3S, that's going to be the lower end model. If that has 120 hertz, can we possibly see QHD 120 as well? So those will be the things I, I will keep an eye out as well. Um, it's so Aditya is like, is it already August? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I can't believe so. For 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 everybody's kind of point of reference, it, 
it's been a crazy year to start with, right? We started at the beginning in, in literally February, uh, March here in the US. It just became something else. We're at the end of July, summer's literally over, schools are about to start for us in another couple of weeks. We're going through a massive heat wave today. I think it was like 110 here, uh, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. It's not Celsius, so 110 Fahrenheit. I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, um, about like 40 something. So 110 F to, to C. I always have to do the math. Uh, oh no, I was wrong. Forty-three. So if if you're if you've ever experienced forty-three degrees outdoors, uh, and as this is not the hottest part, by the way, uh, in some areas about maybe an hour or so from where I am, it's going to get one hundred and twenty, which is closer to about forty-six. So just keep that in mind. It's ridiculously hot, and yes, it is August. Uh, Ron O'Connell, my birthday is on the well. Happy early birthday, sir, uh, and uh, uh, hope. Hope you're able to have uh, to spend it with the family and have a good time. And uh, we know that by the 10th, we'll know what the Pixel 4a is going to be. And we also know what the Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra is going to be and how much, uh, how many arms and legs do we need to put out for, for the new Samsung stuff coming out. And, and I say that with the, with, at the, in the same breath saying, I, I just bought a G9 monitor. So, yeah. Uh, um, so, Sorab is asking, would you get the ROG Phone 3 or the 8 Pro? Um, right now I would say the eight pro, e even with the upgrade, even with the 144 Hertz on the ROG phone, I, I would still go with the eight pro mostly because I like gaming on my phones, but I like, I have one gaming true dedicated gaming phone that I own and that's the ROG phone too. And for me, that's all I do there. I don't use the cameras. I don't try to make it uh, work as my daily driver and so on. It's literally serves a specific purpose for me. I load it up with all my games and I do everything I want there. The speakers are great. It's, it's just, it serves that purpose and it does really good. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, when a gaming phone comes out and it says, you know, we got these new sensors and blah, blah, blah. Those features are great, and I'm pretty sure they did improve the camera over the years. But at the end of the day, the company design, that the focus on this stuff on this product is always going to be the gaming experience, not the everyday usage. For me, my device needs to be able to give me that both experience. Now, 144 is great at 1080p. Nothing's wrong with that. But I prefer 120 at QHD over 144 at 1080 there's that give back. Higher resolution, higher refresh rate will always trump low resolution, high refresh rate because of the comparison to what you're trying to get, the, the overall enjoyment of the content, the display, the experience, the technology, the battery life, the UFS storage that we get in there. So there's a lot of things that you know kind of factor into the price of a device. Also, the best version of a OnePlus 8 is $1,000. The best version of the ROG Phone 2 uh, 3 is way above that, like light years ahead. The 799 model is a lower end model. So just kind of do the compromise, uh, the calculations. If you're comfortable with the price of the ROG Phone 3 at the best, then I would probably say go with that. If you're going to get an ROG Phone 3 just for the almost entry level, like the 799 model or even the $1,000, keep in mind, $1,000 is the best OnePlus 8 Pro you can get. And we're almost at the point where the OnePlus 8 Pro, the OnePlus 8T Pro is going to come out. And that one's going to have an even better processor, which is what's coming with the ROG Phone 3. Um, sorry, let me just double check here. I just got, this is weird. So when, when, when Amazon decided to say that my, my package was 10 stops away, it, it didn't say that it was 10 stops were an hour and a half away. So I didn't, yeah, we're almost 50 minutes. Let me see here. Update delivery. No. Yeah. My, my package is quite a while out for delivery. Okay. So good. We're good. We're good guys. We're good. <laughs> um, Congratulations. 
We all made it to the end of July. Uh, you have now reached level eight in Jumanji. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Jumanji. Uh, <laughs> every time I hear that name, that word, I was, I think of the guy, the, I forgot the name of the guy, um, but he's the guy that drives the truck. It's like, Welcome to Jumanji. So one of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ronald, Discord party. Heck yeah, man. Need to be, oh man. Uh, so Chami has a quick question. Um, the TK, do you think that it's uh, really a market for gaming? Is there really a good market for gaming phones? Um, have you tried the gaming devices on laptops, like accessories, like the next stock and so on? Um, so if we have, if we just looked at it from the sense of, uh, from a history standpoint, we've seen many devices market themselves as gaming phones. And for the most part, all we got there essentially is some aesthetical coverage on the outside. So they gave them an interesting look, a little bit more uh, circuit board and things like that, a little bit more techie. Uh, and they called them a gaming phone. Uh, now we're starting to see more specific features added to gaming phones. And that's specifically comes down to cooling. Um, gaming for a long time on any device. So this is where a standard phone and a gaming phone have a very different experience. So a gaming phone essentially has built-in cooling, built, uh, better options, better heat sinks, better dissipation of heat. And of course, like you know, with the RG Phone uh, 3, as well as even the Red Magic 5G, uh, we have heat dissipation. They have actually exhaust areas where they're able to al allow the heat to dissipate so that the device doesn't actually melt in your hand or essentially becomes too over, uh, it overheats too much that it, you can't use it. Um, I feel like those are the games, those are the devices that have that market. That's where the demand is there. When you play for an extended amount of time, especially with esports picking up and becoming more of an actual presence, people using their devices to play games. Um, I actually even had an opportunity to go to an event that was hosted by um, Gameloft and uh, I think it was it um, Honor, I would say a couple of years ago in Paris, where it was an actual event, an entire event run on smartphones. They were playing games on the phone themselves, and that's how the game was actually experienced. They were live streaming from it, connecting, a whole bunch of stuff. That's where the gaming phone uh, experience comes in. And I think also this is going to be where people or companies are able to experiment with new features that I'm hoping at some point will come down to standard phones. The fact that we have high refresh rates on our smartphones today did not start because normal companies wanted to, and when I say normal, I mean like the Samsung, the, the Motorola, and so on. The, the companies that are not really making gaming phones wanted better displays. It's because people wanted that better display because they saw it demonstrated on another device, that 90 hertz display, that 120 hertz display, that 144 hertz display. So I feel like the gaming uh, sector is needed for us to actually keep pushing the tech that we have on our smartphones. So really cool things. And of course, it's exactly the same thing with laptops. That's how they actually get better. That's how we get new features on laptops because they try to go out and they try to add more of those new things in there. And of course, give us that benefit of having a high refresh rate. Now, I'd love to be able to see like if you guys saw the LG monitors where they're talking about the, you know, the 4K 144 hertz, we're starting to see more high-end displays with better refresh rate. It will benefit us at the end. The sad part about it is now you need to upgrade your GPU to actually support such a high refresh rate. So this would be the little Achilles heel that could kill me if my desktop is not able to push, um, you know, the G9 correctly while it has the 34 plugged in above it. So I have Technically, two high refresh rate monitors, um, but we'll have to see. I'm currently running them both in DP. This one is a 4K, and this one is uh, 1440p. Uh, so the two new ones are going to be obviously two 1440ps, but the 49 is literally like 227. So it's almost like running three different monitors at the same time. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, question here. So Greg had a question. 
Android 11 is cool. I was running the beta two for uh, for a few weeks. So yeah, no, it, there's a lot of nice things coming in. Um, the, the, on, the one thing I would probably say that a lot of us need to keep in mind is what we see with Android 11 in the current state is what Google's intention of Android 11 is in the market, which means is by the time Oppo, Xiaomi, OnePlus, insert company name here with insert version of Android skin there, not all of those are going to permeate there. Um, I think the aggregation of notifications should be added in there. I think that's a much better organization, especially with notifications that really don't need to jump in front of us all the time. Getting that notification from Google telling me that the weather is X, you know, whatever day it is and what temperature it is, is a good notification, but I don't need that to be above a conversation I'm having, let's say, with one of you guys on the chat. I want that to jump over and be that above, more priority, and let me prioritize that function. So those are things that I really appreciate. I also like the the the, uh, the customization of the power menu. Having your automation buttons, your Google Now automation section right there, the power button is such a game changer. And I really hope that that's actually carry because that's a big problem. I, I feel like it's almost like that will drive me over to a pixel more so than uh, more so than not because the fact I rely on it all the time. As an example, I turn on these lights there. I turn on the overhead eight camera lights. Um, I turn off the main light in the room here using automation all the time. I use my voice and I would love to be able to just put my phone, turn on, hit the power button, boom, 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 move on to the next thing. And it works beautifully. So those are things I always appreciate. And I'm glad you got a chance to check it out. Um, what color Nord should you get? That's a tough question, Matt. That's a tough question. I, the... So there's two colors, as you guys, if you guys haven't noticed that. There's this color, which I feel like is a great, um, like a pastel blue color that I feel like it's it's really nice, very eye-catchy. If you're going to put it in a case, like if you use the cyan uh, case that OnePlus is selling with it, or you're able to pick it up, uh, I think you can pick up any one of them and you wouldn't even have any problems. I think at the end of the day, if you're if you're putting a case on your phone, I don't think you need to worry. I would say get the one that whichever one you're able to get. If you're going to rock it without a case and you're going to basically want to keep it and enjoy it, I feel like the blue would be the one that stands out. I feel like that's that's the way I would judge it. But again, um, for me, it's in a case most of the time. And um, I'm not going to lie. I did one time made a mistake. I was trying to take a picture for, uh, for one of my videos and um, the phone dropped <laughs> and I didn't have my case on it. And I regretted that ever 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 i scratched the uh, the frame of the phone that i have and uh the screen protector that comes pre-installed by the way it does come with a screen protector i needed to remove that because i scratched that bad enough that i didn't that it, i didn't feel like it was good enough to be on on the display so i would i would go with the blue but depends uh ronald is like yep the ford blue exactly uh speaking of ford the bronco's back man that is that is crazy it looks great though i, I really like it uh So Matt, actually, I, I saw that in the comments. Uh, somebody was telling me that on Monday was basically like a cold day. You were wearing a jacket and then yesterday suddenly it turned into heat central. Um, all I can say is, is yeah, weather, weather be crazy. Sadly for me here in LA, uh, that 110 or 108 uh, degrees is actually not abnormal for the summer. And we haven't even hit the high season. There's actually... Um, 
there's a brush fire that's going on, but maybe about an hour or so away from where we are. It's it's getting controlled, but essentially this is fire season for us. Uh, this is the time of the year where we generally hear about a lot of fires in LA. Uh, we enjoy nice warm weather throughout the year, more like a warmish weather. Uh, but unfortunately, when it does come into the summer, it also means that we get the opposite side where it's a very hot, very dry, and just prone to fires. So uh, be safe. And um, I hope, I hope, Matt, that you guys have access to AC. That's the other thing I heard also is that uh, the, the UK in general, because of the fact that most of the time the weather is generally uh, cool to uh, basically cool temperatures and it doesn't ever get very, very hot. Um, not a lot of homes have ACs. Uh, I think Saf last year had to buy an actual portable AC unit just to get it so that his house can cool down because it was getting pretty, pretty hot in Leicester for him. Uh, and I think if I remember correctly, Matt, you're not that far. Um, so, oh, Greg, yes. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which part of, uh, when you say package TK, um, um, I'm not sure which package we're referring to. I think I may have missed a comment from there before, uh, it was ridiculous. Uh, so here, oh, wow. Okay. So here in South, uh, it's 37 degrees in cell. Oh, wow. You guys are actually really close. We're 43. We're not that far. So you guys are getting a lot, a lot of heat. Wow. Um, it was 43 degrees Celsius uh, when I visited India and Saudi Arabia. So that, yeah, this, this is a very hot day for us. It's a day that you generally, you pretty much just flock to the beach. And the crazy part about it is where I am, it'll get to 105, 108. But if I go to the beach, it's 30 degrees lower by just being closer to the beach. So the beaches are going to be crazy. And of course, with social distancing and so on, all that stuff, that's going to make it very, very, very challenging. Um, we'll have to see how we can where we can swing a, a trip to the beach. But I'm not leaving this house till that package gets delivered. And I will not let that package sit in the sun in any way, shape or form. Like I said, if they knock on the door, that's when you see my logo and the music is playing. It's because TKB running to go get the monitor. I'm crazy. I don't know. I'm, I'm like a little kid when when a new toy comes in. It's just, it's it's one of those days. Um, Matt Tyler doesn't matter. That, uh, okay, so uh, Matt Tyler doesn't matter what nor you get. Put an extreme skin on it. <laughs> oh my god! Hashtag plug. Oh my god, that was a good one. You gotta extreme skin it, man. You gotta extreme skin it. Uh, maybe I should call Extreme Skin and get get in on that game. Actually, you know what we should do? We should definitely have uh, Andrew start setting up his own thing, and I'll, I'll start having him as the channel uh, the channel skin sponsor. Um, let's jump in here. Hurricane Tropical Storm on the East Coast. So yeah, um, it's we get the heat, we get the fires, they get the tropical storms. So it, it's never a pleasant situation, regardless of what coast to coast. So the question would be is. And and, I'm, and I and I it sounds like I'm making light of the, the matter, which is a very serious matter. Is do you want fires, earthquakes, or do you want thunderstorms and tropical storms? I it's a tough time to be anywhere. My hope is that whoever and where, wherever you are, that you try to stay safe, that you try to basically you know be be, be prepared for the environment for these situations. Um, for us here in LA, a couple of days ago, we had two. Well, we had one earthquake and a couple of aftershocks after that. That was pretty close to where I am. Um, so to me, this is something that always kind of comes back. You you forget about it. You don't talk about it or whatever. And suddenly in the middle of the night, you're woken up when the house is shaking. It's not a fun experience when your whole life is moving and 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 and, and you have no control as to what's going on. And, and wherever you are is wherever you're going to have to deal with it. You have no control into planning it. 
Um, and the, the sad part about it, what happened for us is we have apps that are supposed to give us a slight warning, like a 10 to 15 second warning. So we know what's coming up. None of them came up. Nobody was getting notifications. Nothing got pushed. We all heard about it on the news. We always had to go, look, go up on Google. Luckily, nothing it was not a big one. But yeah, no, definitely very, very crazy. Um, okay, so here we have a we have a comment. In my opinion, the Nord does not justify all the hype. Why are any of the why why okay why any of these when last year's flagships for similar price perform better? Example, the Seven T. Uh, well, even the Poco F2 Pro is better than uh, better than this guy. I agree with you. Yes, no, I don't think that the uh, the Nord is coming in to say that the, this device is better than last year's model. There's a big difference in what the Nord is and what last year's flagship is. There's a there's a the big delineation right now is that whole 5G moniker, right? If you're wanting to get a device that supports 5G, you have to get a 2020 version of a device. I think the OnePlus 7T from last year is a quite capable device. The OnePlus 7 Pro from last year is still quite capable. The 855 was never ever is dismissed as a as a bad processor. What is going to happen right now is the the mid-range uh, device that is going to get that two years of software updates and that three years of security patch updates starts from 2020. OnePlus will still support the OnePlus 7 Pro to get it to Android 11 and probably Android 12. So there is not a big difference there. But it's again, goes into that whole 5G. A lot of people hear the word 5G and they think future-proofing. And I think that's where the Nord comes in. It's competing with what the iPhone SE generation or the people that are thinking, hey, I, I can't afford those flagship Android phones. Let me go buy an, I an iPhone. That's where the Nord is coming in, mostly in, in any market that it's hitting. It's competing with other devices, of course. Uh, and you're right. The price point may not necessarily, necessarily be the cheapest. But when you think of a smartphone that is a budget device or even last year's device, how often are you getting updates? How much support are you getting? Is that device still providing you a fast experience now? The OnePlus 7 Pro from last year and OnePlus 7T are definitely doing so. And that's because of the Oxygen OS implementation from, uh, from uh, you know, what we get here directly with OnePlus. That's the OnePlus difference. And they're bringing that in to the, uh, the Nord at that price point. So there's a little bit of give and take there. I agree. There's obviously, you know, 399 euros um, or 369, I want to say 369, 379 pounds. It's not cheap, absolutely, but you're getting that OnePlus experience in that market. And I think that's where it kind of it's trying to build build the reputation back from what they used to be. That's why a lot of people who use the whole they're they're going back to their roots, because that's where they started around the, you know, in the US was like $249 for the entry level OnePlus One. And it was a good device for what it offered. It wasn't the best it, by no means, but it was a good device for what it offered with the flagship specs. Specifically, I think at the time they brought down the, uh, the processor in there from the flagships. So there's a case to be said on both ends. I'm not going to say that it's the best. Um, and, and obviously, somebody that lives in a market where there is a lot more competition for it, that makes sense, obviously, to put it up there. But for us in the US, for the most part, unless you're going back to OnePlus, and OnePlus doesn't sell the 7 Pro anymore. They don't sell the 7. Actually, take that back. The 7T is still there. But I feel like the moment the, uh, the 8T is going to come out, that's going to go out. So the availability of the hardware is also not available. So you you're saying basically for somebody that's thinking about buying a brand new phone, go back and buy last year's used phone. There's also that, are they comfortable buying an older phone? So that's the beauty of uh, basically the ability of buying what you feel like you need. If you have the phone, if you have a 7 Pro right now, I probably would say no, don't, don't go out and get the Nord. You already have a better phone. If you're, if you're looking to get a phone for your son, your daughter, your sibling, or your grandparents or your parents, 
but you don't want to spend that much money and you also feel like a 7 Pro or a 7T is just overkill into what they need to do. The Nord may be a good conversation to start with and maybe other devices, the you know, Realme's and Xiaomi's um, that are available in the market that you're in. I don't think the Nord is the answer for everybody, but I think it's good to have the Nord in this price point to incite change, to force other companies to start supporting mid-rangers the same way they support flagships. That's that's what I want to say about that. Um, the OnePlus 8, so the OnePlus 8 is not giving an IP rating. Oh, sorry, we didn't get an IP rating and it's uh, surviving in the water now. Nord also not giving any IP rating, uh, but is it surviving in the water? So um, the one thing that I would probably say is, I, I feel like it, it's a weird statement, right? Uh, we've always wanted OnePlus to give us IP ratings, but we've known devices that from years past that they can take a splash and obviously still work. There is a design set. Uh, there's a, a set of designs that the companies decide to stick with to provide you the best experience. They realize splashes will happen, so they always add those ga uh, gaskets around the port. So yeah, you know, if you remove the SIM tray, you put it back in. You'll notice there's a little bit of a gasket there. Is the OnePlus Nord capable of surviving in the water? Honestly, if I didn't drop my phone, I would have definitely tested it out just for the sake of seeing how that IP rate, if, how long will it last? Uh, but once I drop my phone, the structural integrity of my device is not 100%. And that's because I also did get it scratched, which means it did land at an angle. So luckily the display didn't crack, the device didn't separate, but I wouldn't be surprised that it'll take a splash, but it just, I think the IP rating statement comes at a price, meaning if they put their foot and say, this is an IP rated device, then they're going to start providing support and of course, warranty replacements for water damage if the device receives it. So there's, I think, probably why they don't say that. But if you're holding the Nord and you're using it the same way, the OnePlus 8, you get a splash on it, not a problem. Uh, just wipe it off and keep going on. If you're getting dunked with, that's a different story. That is a very different story. Um, oh, Greg, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, to me, the G9 is like a, it's like a thing. Um, no, it, it's it's one of those, uh, I've been waiting for it for so long and I knew today was the delivery day, but it, it said that it was closer to the end of day. Uh, but like I said, it just, it, it knocked me out. Let me see, let me unlock it one more time. Because now it says, oops, that's not what I wanted. Let's, let's go back here. Zoom out. Where am I? Oh, here we are. Yeah, it still says seven stops away. Um, I'm not sure what that means uh, and and how far that's going to be, but we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, no, that definitely. So I think we are one plus eight. <laughs> Let's see what else we have. Here. Oh, Josh. But will it TikTok? <laughs> Joshua Vergara is in the comments. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Sabaho and uh, welcome to the chat. Uh, yes, yes. And, and uh, funny, funny way how you inserted TikTok into the conversation. Uh, so supposedly today could be the day where TikTok is not available in in this in our in our, in, in the U.S. Uh, I don't know how things are going to be and how that how that really makes sense. Is it going to actually happen? A, if it's going to actually happen. B, uh, how will the impact obviously is on the American uh, population? I say this because of um, okay. So the reality of the matter is the the current situation that we're in right now, the way people have been dealing with it for a lot for some time, would be a very different experience if 
this application was not available. And I say this because it's a form of instant um, enjoyment and a lot of people use it. I, I, I'm not talking about the background. I'm not, I don't want to make this into about what is TikTok and how does it operate and where the servers and all of that stuff. Uh, there are rumors, obviously, that they're saying Microsoft wants to buy the US uh, business side of uh, TikTok to make it into a US company. There's a whole bunch of things going on. And I feel like if it's not present in the existing system, it's going to be very challenging for people to be able to actually uh, find something else to jump to because there is nothing else right now that holds the same level of experience um, that is established as well. So that's one thing I would probably say that isn't there. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, right now, I feel like the OnePlus Nord and uh, all the other devices that we have in the US are obviously, they benefit from being able to be supportive of it. Uh, I, I hope that in the future, we'll be able to get to a point where TikTok is no longer an issue and we can just enjoy the content. I think we, I don't, there's no way that we can bring Vine back so that we can make sense out of this. Because the whole thing with TikTok started is when Vine went down and people wanted TikTok to come back. And of course, the whole music situation is obviously that makes TikTok so much better is the lip syncing factor. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. And we'll also have to see how obviously how the uh, the environment ends up basically evolving. And will it become a US-based company or will it be something that we can move forward to? Uh, Manish says, good morning, uh, Josh. <laughs> Josh Afogar is in the party, man. Yeah, wrap up, wrap it up, people. <laughs> Josh is like, wrap it up. No, yeah. So, by the way, guys, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, Josh uh, pushed out his video on the Reno 4 Pro. So he had the Reno 4 Pro. I had the Reno 4. And of course, he had uh, his his has a little bit different set of features than, again, I feel like they, they focus more on better performance there, where mine had that extra sensor on the front with the whole privacy thing going on. Um, but yeah, definitely. I. So he put out a video yesterday morning. I put up mine on the Reno 4 as well. Uh, I, I will have an Arabic version, by the way, for for the for the uh, for the guys in the comments. I do have an Arabic version of that video that I just didn't get a chance to finish editing. Hopefully, I'll have that either tomorrow or Monday morning at the latest. Uh, but uh, so real quick, so uh, apparently, uh, ByteDance has reached the deal to sell its American wing uh, to whom? So that I think Josh, that's the comment that I was talking about. Uh, I saw some rumors saying that Microsoft may be wanting to buy. Uh, the American uh, portion of TikTok, which essentially, so just the background, ByteDance is the parent company of TikTok and they own, obviously, that the reason why we're in this entire conversation right now is because of that ownership relationship. So if that does happen, I'll be interested to see how TikTok does. I mean, do you do you just sell part of your business and this becomes like what a, a uh, like an affiliate kind of thing? Uh, Microsoft buys it and then they still pay royalties back. I, I don't know how they would run it. And then how does that work then with the whole, are you only watching US content creators and you're not watching everybody else? Because I felt like that's the beauty of TikTok is the fact that I can watch somebody, you know, either in India or in, in Egypt or in Lebanon or whatever, they are making TikToks that we would love to watch and they're there. And we'll have to see how that story evolves. So again, it's still early conversation, but definitely would like to see what happens by the end of the day if it does actually. Uh, my son came up to me this morning and he said, asked me, he said, did TikTok get banned today? <laughs> because he heard it on the news last night. And I said, not yet. They said today, but they didn't say what time. So we'll have to see. Chemi, I heard um, I heard it would be weird to see TikTok on Microsoft Office. Yes, <laughs> Microsoft Office 365. Also, would you like to install TikTok? Uh, it, it's going to be interesting because I think uh, Instagram, Facebook, and some of the other tech giants in the US, like the big the Facebook conglomerates, obviously, or even Google, um, 
we've heard different versions of what they wanted to do with something that has a similar style to TikTok, right? The the experience that TikTok is providing us is a very unique one because they were able to bring in the best feature what Vine used to be at. So Vine, if you're not familiar, was a six second video that spawned a whole bunch of creators that became popular that we see them on a daily basis. So Lele Pons, uh, Bad, you know, King Bash, and obviously uh, Enwire, which is also is a, another Arabic homie there. Um, and they created, they obviously thrived in that environment. And TikTok took that and added the music factor that we didn't have back then. So that was the other thing. There was a six seconds, barely enough, to, and they had to be very creative. Here we have a longer form factor, up to a 60-second video if you want to be able to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves. And I think personally for me, it became more of a cut and app that I liked using uh, as time went on during this current situation because I had a lot more time being at home and I needed to find some kind of instant, um, I would say, uh, entertainment. And I, I won't lie that in the middle of Ramadan, when I was fasting, the last few hours were are generally the, the slowest, where time uh, moves at a very slow pace because you want to get to that point where you want to eat. TikTok that was able to help me, uh, you know, get through some of those things. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, and if you watch my TikToks, they're mostly Arabic. They're mostly, uh, you know, watching people from Egypt or different countries, or even if they live in the U.S. So for me, it's it's a good entertainment uh, factor. Uh, so Regan is saying, how do you get the Reno 4 Pro in Saudi Arabia? So right now, it hasn't been officially announced for the Arabic market. My understanding is right now it's going global as far as European market. So the Reno 4 Pro and the 4 Pro 5G, which is going to be the ones that I think most, most other regions will want to get, um, those are going to be coming out. Uh, it's a staggered release from what I what I can see because we didn't really get a specifically, you know, saying what are the global markets. I know Oppo has a big presence in the Middle East. So it's not like they're just going to ignore that area. I feel like we'll we'll have to give it some time to see when they release it. But otherwise, if you want to be able to jump it, you want to be able to import it right now, uh, your best bet obviously is to go through some of their online retailers or import it from Europe. That's the best way. Uh, for me, uh, the model that I have, again, even though it's a global market, the only place it was released in was uh, Thailand. So we'll have to see what other, you know, how it's a staggered release. That's the best way to say it. Sorry. Uh, Usama, salam, salam alaik, Habibi. Uh, Manish uh, is uh, okay. Why did you stop Exposed Tuesdays and stop making videos on Exposed modules? Um, I think at the time when I so uh, a little bit of a background to to Manish's question. So Manish Kumar is asking a question about a while back ago on the channel we used to have a every Tuesday. It, take that back. So if you're not familiar with Exposed, Exposed modules are. Um, they're generally like they're at, they're the best way to describe them is they're they're basically applications that work at the core of your operating system. So they use you need to have root, you need to have a custom recovery, and you need to have the expose framework installed on your system. And there was a series that I ran um, that I started over on XDA and then I took over back on my channel since XDA didn't really want them anymore. And I kind of covered them as time went on uh, to do just basically new mods and new new features that we're able to add to devices. And I think the weird part about it is as time went on with the last couple of years. I realized that I generally will root my device, but not, not necessarily to add new features with Expose. And I did still, I mean, I do still install Expose and I use it. Um, but honestly, what happened to me is I got inundated with so many other things to try to be able to put it up together. And, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to say I didn't want, you know, I, I did drop the ball with that. Um, 
it's hard for me to bring it back now, mostly because of the the devices that I'm getting generally, by the time we have root on them or fully functional root for people to be able to start getting these benefits, it is so later down the road and I'm already moving on to the next phone. So it's hard for me to focus on a specific device and keep it just for the specific root. Um, what I would probably think it would be best way to do it is maybe do one for specifically for OnePlus. I feel like OnePlus, the, the uh, OnePlus, um, I think the fan base still believes and still benefits from using Expose because I think that's the ones that generally get Get the most benefit out of it um, but again if we jump over to let's say like an oppo or a reno or a xiaomi uh, those are a little bit harder for me to kind of keep them because i generally don't have them for a very long time like the mi 10 is something that i have for a certain amount of time uh, and specific, you know, speaking of which a lot of oems are incorporating a lot of the features that most of us used to root and expose to put exposure like specifically theming um, you know, uh, getting different custom options into the system. Uh, Samsung did a really good job with their good lock application and added all those functions as just installable apps that you can change the system UI without needing to have root. So we're seeing a more development from companies to make root not as needed. So maybe that's a better answer. I do apologize. It's not a straight answer, but um, I may I may end up just doing it maybe every once in a while once we have enough. Uh, but the development actually even in exposed modules hasn't been as prominent as it used to be a few years back. That was one of the other reasons. Um, Salam, Osama, oh, Osama in Beirut, Ahlan. I didn't realize you're from, from Beirut, Ahlan. Uh, so uh, Osama is from my home country. Uh, and not only that, from my home city, Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, uh, Ahlan, Ahlan. Uh, so Sajid saying is, Microsoft is, a, is good at... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm laughing only because I agree. Uh, it, it, it's, yes. TikTok will only survive under the umbrella if it is able to keep innovating and stay uh, unique in that uh, in that market. I feel like um, where Microsoft comes in, it's not necessarily is that just the Microsoft touch kind of thing. I, I would say it's more about when they come in, they bring in their ecosystem, right? So we saw Skype. Skype used to be the number one sp uh, video calling program in the world. Uh, in the middle of this pandemic, most of us, we probably heard the word Zoom more than we heard the word Skype. Absolutely no sense, right? Specifically, since most Windows PCs have Skype built into them, but it's because of that model, because of the function model that uh, Microsoft brought in. And essentially, it's, it's intended to, for it to be more into a business model. They want to make money off of it. It isn't free as, as it used to be. And you need to basically buy things. Zoom came in simple, easy. You don't even have to install it as an actual app. You can have it as an extension if you're using Chrome. And it's easy to jump in. So will Microsoft end up basically making the end of, Zoom, of, of TikTok? It's hard. I think TikTok has its own presence uh, and it needs to be unique. But if we start seeing Instagram, Facebook, um, or even you know, more, more services start using similar functions, it's going to be a little bit hard. So I, I would be very leery to see how, how Microsoft deals with it. I think Microsoft's best thing would be in the best scenario is bring it in, allow it to stay, but let it run. Let it still do what it does best. Don't try to make it into a Microsoft company specifically in the ecosystem. Let it be TikTok and what what people love TikTok for what TikTok is. And they do make money off of it. Obviously, we know there is ads in there all the time. So it's not like it's going to be going away. Um, oh, Jack. Oh, before we go too far. So here, uh, Rod from the Philippines. Kumustaka. Uh, How you doing, man? Uh, I do want to say, so Jacket. <laughs> 
Okay, so Jack is talking about the Oppo Watch 46 millimeter. I have, so first thing I'm going to say this, I am really happy that they brought in a global edition of this. And I'm also very happy that they officially put up Android Wear on it. I'm not saying Android Wear or Wear OS is the best situation, but I'm very, very happy that Wear OS is present and it also is supported there because of the functions, especially if you're going to release it to the outside market. Uh, the design is heavily inspired by the Apple Watch. There's no question there. But the design also features a couple of cool things in there, specifically the curved edges on the display that we have buttons on the side. It may look like it, but at the end of the day, it's running the latest chipset from Qualcomm, the, uh, the Qualcomm 3100 chipset, much better power efficiency, more functions. So from a stylish uh, design standpoint, I feel like this is something that a lot of Android users would like. Uh, they announced it to be globally available starting next week. And I think if I'm not mistaken, somewhere between the 300 to $400, depending on the model, there's the 41 and the 46 millimeter. I'm assuming one for guys, one for girls. And uh, I, I'm excited about it. I'd love to be able to check it out. I did reach out to Oppo and see, hopefully I may be able to get uh, a unit to be able to share with you guys some video. My hope at the time was that I was able to cover this. If you did not get a chance to, a couple of weeks ago, we had Isa Rodriguez, uh, Josh's, um, I would say Josh's better half. Uh, did a uh, she put out a video yesterday, I think, uh, on the Apple Watch. So if you'd like to check it out and see all the cool things on it, definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, and I think she also pushed out a video this morning about the Reno 4 Pro. Uh, and uh, so, um, goodness, okay, so, uh, goodness, good, uh, so God's goodness, uh, yes, so that was a specific. So, uh, XDA posted an article on this talking about the fact that they were able to initiate or activate a hidden feature built into the 865 Plus and the ROG Phone 3. Uh, and uh, essentially, they're talking about having 160 hertz again, 160 hertz from 144 is a great feature, 160 hertz from 120, that's a great difference. But you need the better support. You need this, uh, the overall experience to be kind of pushed through. I think it was an experimental feature that I don't think it was intended to be. And there may be a chance that that actually may get wiped before the final version of the software gets pushed out. But when the device is available to actually for the, for people to own, uh, what you're seeing in all of these devices, and just keep it in mind. If you see a video from a reviewer, if you see a video from any company, and I'm not trying to, this is not putting people in, in the spot. This is just pure fact. Nobody has final production hardware before the availability of the devices to be sold. When they start selling those devices and you buy one of those devices, those are the production style. Whatever the reviewers have had for a few weeks or whatever, however long they've had the device to be able to review, they're working with almost final. So there may be some things in the software that gets taken out before the version of the software becomes final. So just keep that in mind. Uh, OnePlus did the exact same thing when they when they released the OnePlus 8 Pro and we had that X-ray camera and they pushed out an update to disable it. So we no longer have the X-ray function. So things could change, but it is definitely very nice that we have a the option of going to 160 on a mobile device that is only intended to go to 144. Uh, Mr. Comer, thank you very much with the super sticker. Thank you very, very much. Uh, and I love, and I love that, that thumbnail, your, your icon there is really, really nice. Um, so, uh, Regan is asking is, am I covering the code the Nova seven? So sadly, no, Nova, Nova lines devices haven't had any impact in the U S so. Unfortunately, Huawei doesn't really communicate mostly to us. Uh, Isa does actually uh, cover a lot of the, the Nova, uh, Nova series. And I think she did cover the Nova seven. Light. I want to say the light was the last one that she pushed out. I could be wrong, uh, but yes, no. Sadly, I don't. I don't have that one at all. Um, let me see what else we have here. 
so Zoom can't be used by government officials here in the States. Skype is uh, built into Microsoft Teams. So there's those, yes. So there's, depending on who you're referring to, uh, I think it's more about the fact that a lot of schools are jumping into it. So governments, is, uh, government entities don't. They're using Skype. They're using WebEx. Those are more of the enterprise tools. So those are things that you, sorry, Microsoft Teams and WebEx. Um, and then those are, have been more enterprise style tools, but the average users, the people that have been sitting at home and can't go hang out with their friends or family, they've been using Zoom. Zoom is the simplest way of basically initiating it and setting it up. Uh, they're learning, they're getting better. We have a lot of options, but what I, I think my comment was in the beginning of it is that during this time, the most commonly used word to meet has been Zoom. It, it has not been, let's get on Skype and get in touch with each other. It literally has been, you set up a Zoom, you send a, a link to somebody. They don't even have to download the app. It launches in web-based interface. You're able to chat, get your thing done, and you're back and out of, and going about. Skype doesn't work that way, or Teams doesn't work that way. You have to log in. This is something, uh, take it back. Skype doesn't work that way. Teams, uh, I think there's a guest login to it. But again, it's more of an enterprise and you have to have the account to be able to initiate it. It's just, I feel like Microsoft could have capitalized on this in the middle of this entire thing, make a version of Skype free, available for people to be able to use and you know allow the time limit because Skype, I mean, Zoom has a 45 minute time limit and make they could have made bank with this. That's that's my, my only thing about that one. It does have a free side, but you do need to log in with an account for it. It's not easily initiated. That's the main difference between them. Um, Matt Tyler, so the ROG Phone 3 is 160 hertz, like why? I love the ROG phones, but uh, is anyone really going anything about So I think Matt's comment here essentially is um, 90 hertz is, is, is like, I think 90 hertz is roughly still the best that we're able to get with most games. Uh, there are some games that can benefit from 144 hertz and you can see some of the experiences there. But I feel like the, the graphical... The, the graphical presence there hasn't really gotten to that level where we're getting that really high graphic uh, gameplay and still getting 144 hertz. Like Vainglory, I think, gets that a little bit, but the graphics on that obviously are very small. It's not very fast-paced, so you're not benefiting from the 144 as much as I would love to see it. Um, I feel like 144 on a on a action when there's a lot of movements, RPGs, first-person shooters, kind of like the way we enjoyed them on our desktops, those are the things that I feel like would always work better. Uh, the main difference that you get there is the um, you're getting the high refresh rate, but you're still at 1080p. So I would love to see more of a QHD 120. That's the best situation or QHD 144 than it is the 1080 144. We want to be able to push it further. Uh, 160 is great. More than likely, nobody nobody supports 160 because, again, it was an experimental feature that is not available for the average user. So uh, it's going to be hard for us to justify saying, you know, look, this phone does 160. I'm like, that's great. But if I can't do anything with 160, how great is that feature? So 144 is still pretty good. I think that's what we probably should want to focus on that one. Uh, so yeah, uh, Matt and Sam use Google Duo. Duo also is a good function, uh, I think. And also with uh, multiple support, you can actually have now uh, now host multiple people on the same Duo conversation. It's no longer just two people. Uh, but again, it's uh, I, I do want to mention this. I'm not saying that there are no other options. I was mostly focusing on the fact that in general, the term Zoom became more synonymous with meetings than what Skype has held the reign for for so long when it came to video calls. That's all I was saying. 
There's obviously a lot of options, Skype, uh, you know, Teams. Uh, there is actually the new Hangouts, uh, the Google Meet, that the new option that, that replaced Hangouts on air. Uh, there's also you know WebEx. There's also uh, you know Teams from Microsoft. There's a lot of options for for people to use. But again, like I know this for sure, my son has daily Zoom meetings with this uh, teacher on, on a daily basis, and I know in then a couple of weeks when we start our all online experience in the U uh, in California at least, we'll be using Zoom. So that was mostly what I was commenting. I was not by any means putting any of the other ecosystems saying that they're not present. I just feel like Zoom just came out of the blue and just became spotlight and everybody and their mom was talking about it. Um, oh, sorry, let's see here. Um, ER 1980, I asked the question, but I think I missed it. Just wanted to know if there was a real difference between the high quality and original quality upload timed Google Photos. Uh, I think the, the difference essentially is depending on the source of the, uh, the content that you're looking at. So the high quality and the original quality. Original quality means is if you shot in, in, a, in a, at a, at a uh, how do I say? If you were shooting a 48 megapixel shot on your device, if you have native raw format and you're backing that up to Google, original means it holds the original format. It's uploading the actual file up to the servers. It's not compressing it. And of course, high quality generally means essentially uh, for video wise, though, it's like 1080p. But the short answer, sorry. The short answer on that one is it's going to compress the, uh, the, the images. So you're going to get a compressed version of what your photo was. Uh, and if you download it again, you'll notice the difference in quality a little bit, especially when you're trying to do edits, if you're trying to zoom in or if you're trying to do big prints of that image. That's the big difference. General day-to-day -day usage for most of our images, unless we want a specific picture to be such a good high quality image, that's the one that you probably would look at and probably see, uh, you know, that's going to be where you, you're going to notice the big difference. But overall, day-to-day -day images, I think you're, you'll be fine. Uh, most of us don't try to print big pictures. And if we are, we should be able to use the originals, not the uploaded versions to Google Photos. Hopefully that, that answers your question. Uh, and that's why a lot of people were concerned at the time when, I think was it the Pixel 3 where Google gave us one gig of original content. So they were giving uploads for original versions of the, uh, the images. But as we know, cameras get better, images get bigger. And obviously that becomes a big issue if the if you upload everything at original source, like um, some images with a 64 meg uh, or even 108 megapixel uh, image are like 20 to 30 megabytes each. Just that fills up things pretty, pretty fast. And I just cut myself. Don't know why. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Um, um, so J, uh, JGH, have you thought about using Linux? Yes, of course. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming, are you talking about like as a daily driver as opposed to, you know, Windows or other, uh, other operating systems? Maybe, I don't know if you can come back to me with a little bit more. Uh, Linux is actually a great option for, for many people. Uh, I love running Linux specifically even on Chromebooks. Uh, you have the ability of dual booting both Linux and Windows, uh, not Windows, and Chrome OS on, on your uh, Chromebook. So you're able to switch it over. There's a lot of options available for us when it comes to Linux. There's many, many flavors. And there are many options that are very user-friendly with better GUI as far as graphic user interfaces uh, that are easy for people to jump into uh, and easy to set up. So Red Hat is, is a good example. Uh, and of course, the only thing I would probably say is the daily activity that I like to do with like Premiere and so on, that limits me a little bit. Uh, okay. <laughs> Another package got through somewhere else. Uh, that limits my uh, 
support the dependency on Linux. So I generally will run Linux on more of the, uh, not my daily driving PC, meaning the PC I edit my content on, but more so my uh, overall experience. So if I can want to be able to jump on uh, and do some, you know, just no normal web-based editing, go online, do my normal activities, I think Linux works great for me. Development, grant, that's going to be where Linux gets done anyways. Uh, but I don't need the very high-powered PC with the GPU and the monitors and all of that stuff for when I want to be able to run my Premiere. I haven't switched over to DaVinci to be fully integrated or fully supporting a, uh, a Linux environment purely. I feel like DaVinci for me would probably be my last step that would force that would help me go over to having a full system run Linux and go through the the setup process. That's about the, my main, my only main holdup at this point. Uh, so many flashbacks for people. Yeah, no, definitely. So Skype is being replaced by Teams. That's also one of the the other integrations. Again, it's the whole. Um, I think one of the comments that we saw earlier is the you know the the, the Microsoft uh, incorporation tends to kill something. The reality, at the end of the day, it it's it just it's in the absorption, right? Skype was the moment we knew or we heard that Microsoft was buying them, we knew this was going to become a, an integrated part into what the Office system, the Office ecosystem. It's integrated to Windows PCs right now. Uh, you have it built in. You don't even have to download it in some certain situations. And of course, having it be part of Teams is a actually in a logical transition. It's sad for people that use Skype all the time because now you're pretty much just going back to Microsoft. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, company I work uses uh, Zoom for conference calls and meetings. Yeah, so my main thing, sorry, and thank you, uh, Adex. Uh, I think what I was trying to say is it, it was more about the the fact that the name became synonymous, right? It's It's just that people knew who Zoom was because of the current situation. And prior to that, even though people may have heard of them, they weren't as much as in like in the presence. A lot of people were still relying on like, let's say Hangouts or even uh, Skype calls. So that was um, the main thing. Uh, yes, no, dude, anytime. Uh, Matt Tyler with this. Oh man, thank you. TKR Bay, uh, Isa Tech Queen, of course, some punch, uh, punchable thing. <laughs> Josh needs, motiv needs motivation. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, yeah, no, it that, you know, depends on the day. We all need some motivation, realistically. Um, did you just cut yourself? I think so. I think I may have done that. Yes. Is Linux Mint uh, lighter on a 10-year-old old, uh, dual-core processor CPU with 4 gigs of RAM than Windows? Absolutely. Yes. Anytime you... It's a, it's my favorite way of repurposing old PCs because of the fact of how Linux is light. It's uh, the overall experience. It runs so much better on a same system. Like, I mean, exactly what you're saying. A dual-core CPU from like 10 years ago than what a Windows PC would overall. And we'll also get more updates and more support than what you're getting with that Windows because there's a good chance that 10 years ago, that, that operating system may not even be supported anymore. It may even, you know, if that may be running Windows XP. So if you don't have any information on it that you care, level, uh, level it up, boot it up, install Linux on that, and you literally just revived that PC. The only limitation at that point is obviously the IO and the tech that was in the system, meaning how much RAM you have, how much internal storage, if you're not able to upgrade that, and of course, the display that you have. So keep that in mind. Um, and let me see here. We'll jump over one back at that. So is it still advisable to root an Android phone now since most of the root uh, of the past have somehow become introduced as new features into new operating system. I think at the end of it, the, the way things are right now is 
is very specific to what you want to do with the root. If you just want to root for the sake of rooting, I would say wait. I wouldn't necessarily say jump into that. Root has some benefits, and there are certain things that you want to keep in mind. Um, I love it when a phone answers me in the middle of a conversation. Um, the the main reason why we used to root was the ability of obviously unlocking, adding new features. So exposed was always one of my reasons that I love doing that. But it was also the ability of adding better support for theming into my smartphones. Also the ability of removing certain um, bloatware applications that we couldn't remove without it. As time went on, we started getting better implementations of um, administrative applications that allowed us to remove uh, uh, bloatware that we didn't need it. Uh, ADB became more powerful for us to also be able to uninstall uh, certain packages off of our devices. Um, the other thing, the other flip side of it is more companies became aware of what root is and what root does on our devices. And they started to disable functions built into their apps directly because of that. And what I mean by this, specifically uh, banking apps and stuff like that. If those things are important for you and you don't want to go through the hoops that it takes for you to be able to get root and then, of course, at that point, hide root so that your system can be rooted and still function correctly, uh, it just it's a little bit more work. At the end of the day, if you see a benefit in doing it, I think you should definitely try it. And what I would say is always, always, always back up your device. Always, always, always read the thread about what you're trying to do three to four times before you actually try to do it on your phone. So those are things you want to keep in mind. Last but not least is the ability of actually understanding warranties and how things work on certain smartphones. Most companies, if you unlock the bootloader, you pretty much just voided your warranty. So that's another thing that you want to keep in mind. But if your phone is beyond the warranty time anyways, then nobody really, there's no issues there. If, it, if you know what you're doing and you take your steps and you take your time, you should be able to do it and get some of the benefit. I just think, as you said it in your statement, a lot of the features that we used to want are now built in is just making the conversation a little bit harder to say, I'm rooting my phone right out of the box as opposed to the, I'm going to root my phone about two to three months after I've had it. Those are the things I keep in mind. Um, since working from home when the pen, uh, when this current situation kind of started, sorry, uh, it's been all Microsoft Teams and our organization and of course forced all of us to keep using it. So yeah, it depends on who you're working with. If if your, main, if your company is primarily using Teams, I think you're going to be obviously using it. Uh, for me, during my day job, they use WebEx a lot more and they also, I've seen use, uh, not Zoom, I've, we've used uh, Hangouts. So the Hangout Meets, the new, uh, the new Hangouts. And it depends on what you're using there, of course. Um, Linux, so here's, uh, Linux is becoming more interesting uh, with the rise of gaming, specifically with Steam Pronto. Um, so I use Ubuntu here uh, in uh, Mate, uh, like, the <laughs> yes. Um, this is the benefit of what we get here. Steam as as a as an as a an ecosystem of the ability of allowing us to be able to play some of our main games have always been great. But Steam's been on the market, have been on Linux for quite some time. I feel like it, it's more about production for me than necessarily gaming. Um, so the games that I play are generally going to be, you know, like Call of Duty, Fortnite, uh, you know, PUBG, first-person shooters, and so on. And those are generally still outside of the entire experience as far as getting it directly off of Steam. Uh, but I think overall, Linux as an operating system is so much more flexible, so much more uh, lighter, just light as an operating system to run. And the requirements for hardware is so much less than what most of our Windows PCs need. And it will still run much better. Especially, again, so re re reviving an old laptop as opposed to throwing it away, those are going to be the best options you can do. Uh, 
last one here for oh so manish kumar um, have you switched over to Wi-Fi 6 riders at the home? Also, TP-Link Wi-Fi 6, the, oh, the, AX, uh, the AX1500 Archer, is the cheapest Wi-Fi 6 router available right now on the market. Can you do an unboxing video on it? I'll have to reach out and see if I'm able to get one. Uh, 75 bucks is ridiculously cheap. Uh, and no, uh, I have many, many devices that support Wi-Fi 6, uh, but I've been happily set up with the current setup that I have here with my, with my router that I haven't found the need for it. Although, that being said, it could fix my problem. So uh, it may not be a bad, uh, bad purchase to actually add to the network, not necessarily replacing it, but maybe adding it uh, specifically for my current setup. So for my things that are far away from where the router is in my house, uh, I'll have to keep that in mind, uh, Manish. Uh, the AX1500, I'll, I'll bring that up. It's in the stream, so I'll definitely be able to bring it up. Um, Greg, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, Greg. I appreciate that. Um, uh, sorry, just want to make sure to see where if, oops. Okay. Oh, they're getting closer. They are getting closer. So yeah, no, they're not. They're not at my house, but they're definitely at least another half hour away. So luckily, no interruptions for you guys. And of course, uh, everything was running great. Um, let me get one more question, and I do want to talk to you guys a little bit. Uh, uh, not on Pixel, no problem with root. No, of course not. That. There's a big difference, obviously. In, so Pixel OnePlus devices are very different. Uh, Pixel, even though they're not development-friendly, they're not developer-directed uh, devices as the old Nexus devices used to be. They're still one of the easiest devices to root. Uh, it's not the question there. It's But it's also, they're not one of the most popular devices. So therefore, most people will generally have like a Samsung. They'll have an Oppo. They'll have something like that. And those are the ones that generally do take those out. And I'm talking about the warranty, by the way. Um, so okay, I think that was mostly a Team Viewer. So Team Viewer is uh, is definitely a great option as well. So there's a lot of people that use Team Viewer. Uh, that was Chami's uh, comment that they're using here. Um, I use it for many things, mostly support. Uh, it's great for telenetting. So if you're trying to support somebody to try to jump in to be able to use the device to be on the same screen, so you can see what they're talking about. Um, I think I used to use Team Viewer back in the day with my Samsung devices. So that's when I first started using them. So it, it is a good option, but I still feel like it's more of the we have so many options and which ones are the ones that generally stand out in the us right now you go up to somebody and says i'm about to get on the zoom call they know exactly what you're talking about it, it, it became synonymous it's like that xerox term back in the old days where you say I'm, I'm about to go to get a xerox of something as opposed to saying i'm doing a photocopy um the real me oh the real me x2 pro is incoming we'll be interested to use different types of phones as i used to <laughs> matt tyler's uh, accessorizing my friend i like that um, so kind of one thing I, I did, didn't want to kind of skip too far off on, um, so the MIUI 12 update here is, I have to say it's nice. I've been, so the things that I, that really, really got me on this is, uh, this functional, uh, little war, let's see if we could do this. Ah, and of course I did it wrong. It's, it's hard to do it on the screen. Let's, let's go ahead and switch over to the overhead work for you guys. So here, that little wallpaper, that little zoomed in effect all the way from the outside moon coming into it. Uh, the overall UI, the this, this gestures, everything just works so nicer. And um, I like I like the inst uh, the just the overall dark mode. Of course, all the notifications that I got. You notice all the grouping. But again, all of this is still running Android 10.0. So we haven't really seen Android 11 on the UI 12, specifically in a stable form. So uh, again, that wallpaper gets me all the time. It's one of their live wallpapers, by the way. Uh, so I got it on the Mi 10, but the Mi 10 Pro 
no bueno, nothing on that overall. Uh, here, we're still, again, running 7.2. They have their own little moon thing that kind of goes through. And of course, unlocking gestures. And I feel like, again, Oppo is getting a lot better. 7.2 over 7.1, very light, very simple, very easy to, to customize. Uh, of course, here, we're still running Android 10.0 with Nord. Let's go ahead and unlock this. Sorry, I just I did a reboot and I forgot to unlock. And of course, every single device has like a thousand notifications. Uh, again, very, very smooth. Uh, this, These two are running, so this one's running 90 hertz. This is running 60 hertz. This is back to 90. And of course, uh, just running the overall experience, everything runs great. Nord has been holding up really, really nice. And of course, the last thing I definitely want to talk to you guys, and I will have a video on this definitely on Monday, is the OnePlus, sorry, the LG Velvet. So the Velvet for me in the US, uh, one second here. So the Velvet in the US got released and it's currently only on AT&T. And you'll notice right there, my dual screen case here is a silver one. They didn't bring the cool colors. That's like, I really wanted them to bring the cool colors. So we have the blue one, sorry, the, the silver one that's coming in. And uh, of course comes with the magnetic option. It, but again, it's a silver case to a silver phone. Same thing, just bring it in, down, boom, boom. And of course, unlock the phone, give it a second. And then of course, turn on the screen. And we get the benefit here, of course, of having all the functions that we got with the, v, the, the V60 here. Very nice, uh, much thinner. They, they were able to, can it, ah, just realize this. The magnetic clamp on one opens the other. <laughs> Look at that. Look, and yeah, here we are. See, it opened it up. So the magnets on this side are connected to this side magnet. Anyways. Uh, Small, similar form factor, slightly smaller, 1080p panels on both of them, stereo speakers on both, uh, wireless charging, better case in my opinion, uh, same thing, customizable button, overall support, pen support on here, fingerprint sensor, still no face unlock, but we now have the ability of turning on swipe time to open notification, as opposed to having the uh, that, I don't know why, uh, the swipe down for universal search. That to me is always very, very nice. So I'm working on finishing up the video on that. And of course the magnetic clasp, do not lose these. And if you if you can buy an extra one, um, it works great in the car. Data transfer through this also works really good for Android Auto if you use Android Auto like I do. And as you can see right there, the 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 screen itself just I I personally prefer it this way. It just gives us more info. It's not a touch screen, but it's still very functional. Notification information, battery level, date, and time, of course. Uh, so really really cool things coming up in here. Um, and oh, okay. And of course, as I switch away for a few seconds, we have a few more questions. Um, and we're back question for you guys. I don't know if you guys can let me know if not. Is there a line like right about where my nose is like this entire section? Is there like a little blinking line that's going across? Because it doesn't show up on my feed. But when I'm looking at the um, the StreamYards feed, it shows like if there's a picture there, I can definitely check that out. And here, let's see what we have here. What are the improvements on the velvet out, um, outer screen over the dual screen on the V60? Uh, the overall, I think it's just it's this bigger display, so you got a bigger screen. Let me go ahead and uh, let me sh show you what I mean. The notification that you got between the two is similar. They're not. We're not talking like night and day. They're not going like from color to uh, overall. Uh, this the case itself is slightly thinner. It feels lighter, even though we are still holding two screens here that are two 1080p panels, um, and it just 
for some reason, I think I feel like the color was definitely better. Uh, nothing's wrong with all black on it. It definitely feels more camo and kind of easy to kind of work with. Uh, but in front of us here, we had a massive reflective screen that just looked like a mirror, but didn't do anything. And I think that's why you'd love to put a skin on this to give it that more in a certain way, the skins that you sent me kind of gave me the same experience on the Velvet that uh, to get it kind of similarly over on the V60. Because otherwise, this entire thing in the front looked like a reflective mirror, uh, mirror where most of it was non-usable. It was mostly just a display, and you got just the experience on that there. Hold on, let me see here. Um, yeah, no, I, I, but I think the overall experience is still very similar. I think it's just a slightly bigger display and, of course, just gives us the ability of customizing the entire area. So I can imagine myself with like one of your skins here all around on the front, customize it, put like your own logo, Dragon Ball stuff, whatever, and getting that benefit right out of the box as opposed to having a, that reflective material. I think that's the biggest difference between the two. Uh, and, of course, we have a little bit better support as far as the software improvements that they did for the V6, for the Velvet over the V60. Not enough for it to make it uh, that I would say I would prefer the v, the Velvet over the V60. If I have the choice, I would still pay a little bit more, uh, mostly because of the horsepower that we get with the V6, uh, with the 865, and especially for rendering, uh, multitasking. The camera application did not get the same Pro video that we have on the v, uh, on the v, uh, V60. The Velvet only has the Pro uh, picture, so. I, th I still feel like the V60 is the powerhouse and the Velvet is more of what the old G series used to be with a much better aesthetical design. So definitely very nice. Uh, now we just need vinyl skills for the V60 and the Velvet. Yep, exactly. Uh, Andrew, you you're, getting the, you're getting requests, man. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see here real quick. Looks like good to me. Oops, got another notification. Let's see, are they closer? Are they closer? The driver has a few more deliveries and it's on its way to you. Let me see here. No. Okay. So we still, still a few more stops away. <laughs> but I can tell you this, that the monitor is taking an entirely way too long of a route sitting in a very, very hot car. Not the best situation, but you know, that's how deliveries are. And now that I know where it is, it's a little bit interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I think that that was mostly what I had today as far as kind of main things. I'm looking forward to, uh, so I'm not gonna lie, I'm looking forward to see what the Pixel 4a has uh, and it will offer us on Monday. Obviously we're finally, we're gonna see what the Pixel 4a is. Once we know that, we kind of have a better understanding also what the Pixel 5 is gonna give us. The Note 20 series on Tuesday with the whole Bean ear uh, headphones that they're gonna be announcing, um, we'll have to see how those come and how much, you know, how, how much above a thousand they're going to be. The Note line generally is not as popular as the S line of devices. The S line generally is where most people kind of go to. I feel like the S20 Ultra was definitely uh, initially overpriced. I feel like the price dropped a little bit after, and I feel like that's maybe a better experience. My hope is with the Note 20 is that they fixed the seeking issue, the, the problem with the focusing issue on the S20 Ultra, especially on the main camera, the 108 megapixel camera. Hopefully that gets fixed. Uh, we'll also get a chance to see some of the new updates that they're going to be pushing out with new version of Android or basically one UI as they typically do with the new version. So it'll be like you know, 3.1 or 3.2, depending on what they decide to call it. Uh, at the end of the day, those are going to be the two major announcements next week. Uh, I'll do my initial video, obviously. Say, I know Google is going to be releasing it on Monday, but since I don't have the Pixel 4 there's not much I could do. Once I do receive it, hopefully, I, I still I still am on the same really good list that I was able on uh, to be on for the last couple of launches. Uh, and if I do, obviously, you guys will get some uh, videos from us here. Um, 
I'm interested to see what I'm, uh, what will happen with note with the note. I I heard that so some of the rumors that are going on is that the Galaxy Z Fold Two, worst name ever, and uh, name ever because it just it just doesn't make you know. I realize the Z Fold is the new line that they want to go. This is the Z Fold Flip and then Z Fold Two, or the Z Flip and the Z Fold. Short answer is. Um, it's going to be roughly about two thousand dollars. There's some updates that are going to be coming in from the Note line over to it. My hope is that the screen is a lot better, not necessarily just the optics. I was never a big, um, you know, I didn't feel like the uh, the original Fold had that many problems with the camera. It had a good set of cameras, similar to the S10 line of devices. Uh, it's just now we finally get the updated internals to match. Uh, the Galaxy Z Flip 2 did get announced. It's available. Uh, it's going to be coming out on T-Mobile in the near future. So we'll be able to see more of those. Um, hopefully, at a, at a, at obviously, uh, if you're looking for foldables, you're definitely going to have options. But the reason why I was trying to bring this up at the beginning is it's going to be very hard for me to justify getting a Note 20 Ultra and at the same time think about trying to get the Fold right after. Because they're going to be such an expensive device, I'm from for the most part, obviously, I have to sell the S20 Ultra. Uh, but for me, it's just how do I financially make sense of that? It's going to be a challenge. So I'll have to figure out some way to make that happen uh, and see how we can get the coverage. Uh, we'll we'll have to see how much demand is obviously going to be for the Note 20. I don't have them. Uh, so based on how much interest there's going to be around it is what will cause me to do a pre-order from it. Uh, because mostly, even with pre-orders on, uh, on our carriers here in the US, there's going to be a substantial down payment for any of these devices, which believe it or not, was the reason why I did not do it through my carrier last year. There was a, there we have a leasing program that I used to be part of, or I am still part of, uh, and what you do essentially is you're leasing your phone. You pay, you pay a monthly payment, and then when you're done with it, you trade it in, you get a new phone. It's a great deal. But when phones started to go above $1,000, even the leasing uh, phones function, which used to be zero down, now requires a, cer a certain substantial three to $400 down that you lose, you do not get back. And since I don't own the phone and I'm leasing it, kind of makes no sense to do leasing on such an expensive device, especially if I'm going to sell it in the right away, right after I buy it, uh, if I'm done with my content on it. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, the 1000X Mark IV. Uh, yes, no, definitely. Uh, th there's there's going to be a lot of options. And, and, oh, and there was the other thing is that Sony, of course, on, was it Monday or Tuesday, announced the, A the A7S III um, in in sh the short way to describe this camera is it's the answer to everything I've ever wanted from a Sony camera, finally, years after. Um, the reason why you and I, what I, you see me through the lens of a GH5 for the last few years has been for a couple of reasons. At the time when I started, I did not have my current setup, but I also didn't have the ability of seeing myself whenever I'm videotaping when I go outside. So the GH5 with the flip camera has always been the function for me. It's a vlogging style camera, but it gave me the ability of seeing what I'm doing and also helps me understand, the, you know, if am I in focus, is there audio coming in? There's certain information that I need to see on my screen. Um, the the A7S III did a couple of things. Better performance for camera in, in low light. They changed the entire menu system. It's a little bit better organized in categories now as opposed to just the page system that used to go forever. Um, and they also fixed the fact that now we have a flippy screen on it, so which works, so works really nice. And they have 4K, which is, I think, a lot of us benefit at 120 frames per second for whenever you do want to end up trying to do some of that really slow motion in 4K. I still produce in 1080p, but I love shooting in 4K so that I have the extra detail when I need it. So if I need to zoom in on an image, I don't lose 1080p footage down to 720. I go from 4K to 1080 by just doing that little bit of a crop uh, and then go from there. So 
that one is also a, a compelling thing that I'm still kind of uh, looking into. That one's not coming up till the end of the year. Uh, and oh, speaking of which, the uh, the Sony Mark II, the uh, the Xperia One Mark II, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, should be here. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that one back. Uh, so here, uh, Tevin mentioned also that he got so I uh, got the MIUI 12 on the Poco F2 uh, Pro EU for a little for a little while now. Like the super wallpaper you showed on the uh, uh, in the universal dark mode, of course, floating windows with uh, video toolbox, great features. I, I think it's a great option. I'm, I'm happy that we were able to get it. Uh, realistically, that those are the things that we benefit as a user when you buy and you are able to get the support after the purchase. Uh, a lot of companies will release a device and then suddenly, you know, they forget about the updates and that's not the, the way to do it. You need to treat your customers right at the time of purchase as well as after. Xiaomi does a great job. They not, they're not necessarily known to be very fast at pushing out those updates, but the reality of the matter is uh, the beta wasn't that long and we have a stable build of MIUI 12 here. And I can't wait what they bring in with Android 11 as well. Uh, I've always had a bit of... Oh, Steve. Uh, so I've always had a bit of... Uh, Pichon on a, on a Fuji mirrorless. Uh, great for photography cameras and new models are amazing video as well. So no, absolutely. Uh, the GH5, and I also heard there's rumors that the new G and the new, um, the new basically uh, the GH, I want to say, I don't think it's the GH6, but it, essentially it's another Lumix camera uh, that will give us some better performance. At the end of the day, it's more of what you like. Uh, my B camera is the Sony. My portable, my uh, the one I generally go around with is the uh, RX7100. I also have an A7 III. I am invested in the Samsung in the Sony ecosystem when it comes to cameras, and I'm a very big fan. The only reason why it hasn't replaced my main camera is because of the flippy option. Uh, and now I feel like, and of course, also, the, sorry, one more thing: support for full size HDMI out has always been a big thing for me. I don't want to run small adapters that has a very small cables and I can't buy a ruggedized HDMI cable to go in. So those are things that you want to keep in mind, the ruggedness factor of it. Uh, the, also, the new A7 III now supports not only dual SIM card, sorry, SD cards, but also the two new techs that uh, uh, Samsung, sorry, uh, Sony is offering on their new uh, memory cards, which I'm going to wait a little bit longer on those, mostly because of I'm heavily invested in the SD format and I feel like SD cards will still work perfectly for what I need to shoot. So we'll have to see how that goes. Across the Pond... Oh my God, we have an account. So there's an official account to the Across the Podcast show with Sam and Matt. That's going to be coming up tomorrow. <laughs> Across the Pond... Dude, I did not realize you guys set up my own YouTube chat. Okay, well, welcome to the channel Across the Podcast. I'm assuming this is Sam. Uh, morning. Oh, before I forget, we got to do Inception. I forgot about the Inception, guys. Let's go ahead and bring in screen two, share... And boom, right there. Okay, let's see if we can bring, let's let's take out the cross the podcast and bring it back. <laughs> we got to do it every single time. I forgot about it almost. Let me remove that there. But yes, no, tomorrow afternoon across the podcast, uh, keep it there. Obviously, uh, we'll be there. Last week, they ran a little bit early. I think that was mostly to accommodate Isa. And I'm sure um, if you guys can let me know if you're going to be running at <laughs> uh, normal time in the afternoon around 1 p.m. or is it going to be a little bit earlier? Uh, but great hanging out with uh, both uh, Sam and Matt. They're going to be great, uh, you know, just talking tech, hanging out, just chilling. Last week, they had Issa. The week before, they had Josh over. And of course, uh, I would love to be able to see some more content from them. So glad to see that they have their own YouTube channel. Uh, this, <laughs> Joey, I appreciate it, man. Um, 
so with that being said, thank you very much for everybody that is, um, you know, obviously here hanging out with us on Saturday, kicking it with us. If you celebrate Eid Adha, Eid Mubarak, this is day two of the Eid for us. It was yesterday. So obviously, as you guys know, this you know, family and hanging out with the kid and all of stuff. Um, I'm also expecting that G9 to show up, which is, in my opinion, the best Eid gift for anybody to ever get. So, but obviously I'm getting it for myself, but it's... Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully by the time next time you see me, this entire setup is different. This big monitor in the background for sure is going to be moving away. Um, and I'm not sure how I'm going to configure things. Uh, but one of the reasons why I originally got the setup to have an up, uh, above monitor mount was because of the G9. I was initially going to put that 4K monitor above it. Once I got the one from Xiaomi, I felt like, no, if we're going to do curved displays, might as well put a 34 right above a 49. Why not go crazy, right? Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how things uh, show up there, especially with the multiple functionalities. And again, I do hope that this is actually one of the better batches of monitors so that Samsung was able to identify some of those concerns and I don't have to have to go and replace it again. So we'll have to see that. Uh, thank you, Steve. Appreciate it, man. No, thank you very much. So with that being said, like and subscribe. Make sure you share this with all your friends. Thank you very much for everybody in the comments. Chemi, uh, Steve, uh, Joey, Matt, uh, Andrew, across the podcast and the entire crew being in there, Sam as well. Uh, and of course, everybody hanging out. Manish, of course. It's 1.06 a.m. Sunday in India. Wow. Okay. No, dude. Sabaho. Good morning. That is good morning. You're. Thank you for staying up with us. Uh, I, I remember last time when we were talking to Isa, it was very, very early in the morning for her as well. So I appreciate you hanging out with me and, and of course, kicking it with all of us here. Uh, that being said, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay cool if you can. It is going to be a hot one here in LA and across the world. As uh, Matt was mentioning before, the UK is definitely going through their own heat wave. Um, and we'll see you guys hopefully next week. Uh, the only thing I would probably say is look forward to the LG video on Monday morning. That's going to be my kickoff video for the week. Uh, of course, I'll I'll try to see if I if there's enough information. I'll maybe try to do an, uh, an, an impressions video for the Pixel launch, as well as uh, of course what we see with the Note 20 launch. Since those are going to be basically Monday Tuesday lives kind of uh, kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you, thank you very much for everybody to hang out with us here. Uh, and of course, I'll see you guys. Uh, if you guys don't know, TK Bay over almost everything. TKDSL8655 over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and of course, check out my live stream on Amazon. I do I generally try to do one every Thursday. Uh, and then uh, last week, I did the video on the NVIDIA Shield TV. So my one of my favorite TV streamers there. Aid uh, Mubarak to everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let me just stop the sharing on that other screen there. But yeah, I'll see you guys next week. And actually, we didn't do too bad just about the two hour mark. So I, I don't know what the over under on that one was, but uh, <laughs> definitely thank you very much. I'll see you guys next time.